Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Valverde. Your love is fading. Your love is fading. Your love is fading. I feel it fade. When no one ain't around. I feel it fade. I think I think too much. I feel it fade. Ain't nobody watching. I feel the fade. I just fade away. show 284 and this week we are going to be helping you go on a winning spree in week three Houdini is out this week for uh, Jewish New Year um, Lashana Tov to Houdini for Rosh Hashanah uh, enjoy the holiday with the family brother uh, so today I've got Stag Party to the left of me I'm D-Rex, we are Pyromaniac.com, and uh, it's week three action, two down, got a special announcement, pretty excited. Um, today we got the news that we, after two weeks of NFL games, um, the Pyro, the Heat Index, the Pyro Heat Index, uh, and our player rankings have landed us through two weeks at the number one slot of all the uh, fantasy football experts on Fantasy Pros. So, good times. They t- they tweeted that out today at about 10, and our Twitter account uh, went friggin' ballistic. Uh, and also, uh, a ton of traffic went to the degree that we actually, our site went down for a minute, uh, which sucked. <laughs> good and bad. Good and bad. Good, good problems to have. Bad timing, I suppose. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks to our developers for uh, getting that figured out and putting it back up. But uh, hats off to you, Stag Party. Um, I know you guys work really hard on, uh, on this algorithm slash model, uh, the heat index, and um, looks hats like it's... Hats off to the Archer. Yeah, and hats off to the Archer as well. It's kind of his, it's his baby, um, and you help fuel it, and uh, it's, it's, a really, it's really a great time. So, we, we started it last year, and um, you know, we knew it was going to be kind of always this uh, work in progress and this ever-evolving uh, component of ours, any model is... Um, but it looks like uh, it's coming into its own, so hopefully we can keep it up. Uh, I'm not expecting to be, uh, we want to win it obviously, but uh, as I was uh, tweeting with someone last night, uh, 
one time, I think two years ago, we were like number one, and then the following week, I literally think we were the in last place. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll talk about it and promote it and pump it up and give ourselves high fives uh, when we're when we're hot. And we'll shut up about it when we're not. So hopefully we can keep that going. But hats off Archer, hats off Stag Party. Uh, thank you for anybody that uh, joined us on Twitter uh, at Pyromaniac P Y R O M A N the number one A C. Um, and just just really excited. That was a great way to wake up. Great news to find out. So if you uh, as usual, we'll be following uh, the schedule on NFL.com. So just go to they actually did a redesign on the website. It's real simple and basic, but it's a lot better. Um, so just go to schedules and then go. You'll see week uh, three will pop up immediately. It used to like default to preseason and be stupid, but uh, they fixed that. So um, we've got Thursday night. Uh, Actually, that's tomorrow. We are recording one day late. We uh, just got, me and Stags were super busy yesterday, so we pushed it off a day. Pretty sure we're going to keep doing it uh, Tuesday, but we're going to figure that out. But the game's tomorrow night. Rams at the 49ers. Um, doesn't sound like the kind of game that's going to be a good one, but I, I think it will be. Um, I, I think it can be, you think it's going to be a dud? Like every other Thursday night crap fest, it's <laughs> likely to be one of those. I'm an optimist. I'm trying, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to I mean, I mean, which team are you looking for? The team that absolutely destroyed the Indianapolis Colts? Or the one who lit up over 250 yards rushing to the Washington Redskins, who, you know, hadn't been running the ball at all for the last season and a half. <laughs> uh, and on the other side, are you looking at the team that hasn't scored an offensive touchdown in Week One, or the team that hasn't scored an offensive touchdown in Week Two? <laughs> so, so things are really looking you're, up. You're really raining on my parade over here. So things are really looking up for us this Thursday <laughs> night. We're gonna have a bunch of fun watching teams that nobody wants to watch and bitching about it on Twitter as usual. So, <laughs> so you, with the Rams, you, you've got a you know cupping happening, and Sammy Watkins has just seven targets uh, on the season. Todd Gurley had probably his best performance of the last couple of years in terms of yards per carry and just his ability to get loose. So Todd Gurley should have a nice matchup in this game. If you own him, you're not sitting him. But his overall upside just seems to be capped and capped by this offensive line. People are still stacking the box against them. Uh, San Francisco has been a little bit tougher against the run at, at, over the first cu- couple weeks here uh, than they were last year when they were getting besieged by every team that would go up against them. Uh, it just looks like the Rams have a little bit more offensive continuity and their scheme seems to be playing tricks on opposing defenses from time to time. You know, Cooper Cup looks like a strong play against the, the slot corners of the 49ers. Watkins, this could be a game where Watkins gets a lot more targets as he needs to be more and more involved as the season progresses. He gets more ingrained in the offense. And against the 49ers, you can take some deep shots. A lot of people are hitting the panic button on Watson. Uh, you know what? I think he's got seven catches. Uh, uh, seven catches seven, on seven, seven targets. targets. Yeah, he's got seven targets. So he has caught everything that's been thrown his way. Um, but um, are, are you are you worried? I know you're a, a Watkins guy. Are you worried for him? You know, it's just you read around and you see people should I drop Watkins and obviously I mean, I, I, we don't condone that. But long term, just thinking about him, uh, are they just going to figure it out and he's just kind of a late trade and this is just a normal uh, exercise that you go through learning a new system or 
Uh, I, I think it is a little bit the normal exercise, getting chemistry with their quarterback, and we've got to see if Goff's even willing to take shots deep. Because if he's not, then Watkins, you know, his values, you know, much more diminished than it was in Buffalo. But maybe the targets swing his way here in the next couple weeks. So I, I think Watkins is sort of one of those high upside plays that's going to get weekly volatility in the mold of Deshaun Jackson with sort of the routes he's running. But Goff has to give him some shots. Yeah. We just haven't seen those shots. Everything to Sammy Watkins has been, you know, safe and underneath and quick. Uh, so now let's see if they add more to his repertoire. Uh, so Watkins could be a good buy low. I, I'd probably wait another week or two. I don't want anybody off you know, playing in a Thursday night game typically, especially in the passing game. Usually it's the run games and defenses that are ahead on Thursday nights as opposed to the passers. So th- that's something I'd look, you know, I might bench Watkins if I had him, but I think Cup's a strong play. The receivers, we've seen some big plays out of Gerald. Put uh, the tight ends, we've seen some big plays out of Gerald Everett uh, and Tyler Higby. He's, he's a little banged up though, right? I think he's. Uh, I think he might be an injury candidate right at the moment. Gerald Everett's been the guy who's been getting open deep at the tight end position. He's been sort of their vertical threat, and Tyler Higby's the guy who's sort of been doing it underneath the short, quick catches, and he's also playing a lot of in line, so he's getting a lot of block. Uh, Blocking yeah, looks assignments. Like, looks like Everett's got a thigh issue, so he's questionable. Oh, oh a thigh issue. <laughs> a lot, I mean, you look around, there's a lot of people that got some tissue issues. Um, I'm, uh, I've got a little nickname for one of them that, later on in the show. Um, but, yeah, I, I, okay, I think, you know, you got Gurley, obviously, out to a hot start, which is great for him. Um, it, 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 you know, is it... Is it McVeigh? Is he just this, that they really know how to get the most out of him? Is this whole team kind of energized? Is is or is Fisher just that much of a twerp? What, what do you well, think? Well, Fisher's so that much of a twerp, that's for sure. <laughs> but I mean, the first game he didn't look great. He was missing his holes. You see, maybe as he gains more more confidence, he's gonna be able to break those longer runs that he did in his rookie year that have so far been missing. Yeah. But overall, you know, I'm not. A lot of people were on the sell side of Gurley last week. I think it's more like a hold because you know the workload's going to be there, uh, and there's not very many guys that you can get that from. We saw you know a couple explosive plays from him. So if he can just combine the explosive plays with the workload and get the game script in his favor with that defense, you know things could be good for him. Yeah. But uh, things could be even great. You could end up as a top five running back without the positions looking right now. Sure. Um, He's number two right now, and uh, you know that's obviously because Hunt is just going Geronimo on everyone. But uh, he'll come back to earth a little bit, I think. Um, let's go over to the Niners side of the ball. Um, I, you know, Hoyer's got to make some more plays. Um, let's just start with what seems to be uh, really the only thing happening in their offense at this point, and that's uh, Carlos Hyde. And you know, he's only got 24 carries on the season, so. What, what, do you think Hyde can come out and is he a good play against the Rams? I mean, even if, despite his 24 carries, he's the 13th running back in standard scoring. Yeah. I think you're starting Carlos Hyde, especially with what you saw against uh, Los Angeles last week. Uh, they were just trounced by the Washington Redskins. Uh, 77 yards for Chris Thompson on three carries, 78 yards for Rob Kelly on 12 carries, 67 yards uh, on 21 carries by Samaj P. Ryan. 
These guys just house them in the run game. Hmm. Now, I, I think Carlos Hyde's in a great spot this week. I think if you own him, you're definitely starting him. And he should see 20-plus carries in one of these games here. They have been mixing in the other backs a little bit. Reed has been getting some work. Uh, he's, he's getting a couple series a game. Yushik's been used as a receiver and as that lead blocker. But, you know, the four, you know, five touches that Breed has been getting a game aren't a massive, massive damper on Carlos Hyde. So, I'm really liking Hyde Thursday. Brian Hoyer, I think this gives him a little bit of a chance to get back. But I, I'm not starting him in a 1QB. I wouldn't start him in a 2QB league unless... He was my only, only option. And even then, I might consider going with, you know, another skilled position player over him. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else to say? Uh, Pierre Garcon. sounds a pretty I'm, pedestrian through two. But yeah, but the targets have been there for Pierre. He's had some tough matchups. Yeah, he's got 15 uh, targets. I, and also, Marquise Goodwin's gotten a whole boatload of deep shots oh, and yeah, gotten, yes. you know, gotten, you know, a good amount of targets on a weekly basis. So these guys are going to need to make plays in the passing game if this offense is going to come together. Uh, the Rams do give them some opportunity to do that. We didn't. They they do have a tough corner in Tremaine Johnson, and you know Aaron Donald now getting back. Can he be more effective than he was last week? I mean, we talked about all those rushing yards they allowed. So if this might defense, have been a little rusty. Yeah, if this defense can put it together, you know things are going to look like trouble for the San Francisco. 49ers. I'm really only looking forward to playing Carlos Hyde, but if I need a wide receiver three, you know, wide receiver four flex play, you know, Pierre Garcon's right in that mold. And Goodwin's like a, if you're playing in DFS, he's a tournament shot. Okay. Um, cool. Let's move on uh, to the next game. And uh, remember to set your alarm or get your lineups in because this, uh, this one's in London. And ah, that's shit. That means I have to wake up early to do rankings. <laughs> Ravens are at Jaguars in Wembley, maybe? Um, no, somewhere in London. Uh, but, yeah, so remember that. That game starts, I think, at 930 um, on Sunday morning, so don't miss. Nine thirty Eastern. Eastern. So if you're on the West Coast, yeah, oh, that's real early. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Um, all right, this game uh, is got uh, pretty low scoring uh, as far as implied point totals uh, in Vegas's eyes. Um, let's start with the Ravens. You know, glad I listened to you on picking up. Uh, Javoris Buck Allen last week. He's going to be uh, the way that friggin' uh, um, Crowell's been uh, not being able to get a yard. Uh, the, Allen's going to be in the starting lineup or two of mine this week. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on that moving forward? West got a touchdown. He's making it happen. Is this going to be, is one of the. One of these guys going to kind of move ahead, or is it they're both going to get theirs all season, you think? No, I think they're both going to get theirs. They sort of do different things. But Buck Allen did get a bunch of carries. His snap count was much higher. But when Terrence West is in the game, it looks like he is getting the football to run it. Uh, so he's getting his opportunities. He's the guy they look to in the red zone to sort of punch it in. So these guys are splitting the bulk of the work. But... 
Javorius Allen's had a top 12 week. Terrence West has had a top 12 week. This backfield looks much improved from what it was last season. Now they're just riding guys that they know they can. They're giving them opportunities, and that's all that matters. I think the one thing you said is important. When uh, West is in the game... I feel like their offense is a little one-dimensional. It's kind of like last year when uh, on the Pat Patriots when Blount, Blount was in the game. It's like he's in the game. You're basically running him. You're not gonna. You can't really use much play action. He's not a great blocker, West. So I feel like over time, if defenses got, kind of play into that, and he has a tougher time running the ball because people kind of figure they're going to be using him to run the ball, um, you could see Buck getting a little bit more action. Like you said, I guess that's maybe already showing in week two because he did get more snaps. So uh, we'll see. Uh, but Buck Allen, great pickup last week. He ended up Houdini's waiver wire piece. I was on, I was, I was like literally about to do it, and I texted Stags. I'm like, should I do this? And you're like, do it. I'm like, yes. So played him, uh, ready to rock, and he's pretty much moving ahead of uh, Crowell as a bona fide starter on a team that I don't have very good running backs. Um, let's talk about uh, Jeremy Macklin. Two games, two touchdowns, one long one, one a little bit shorter. Uh, what else uh, is, is happening there on, with the receivers on that team? Uh, Mike Wallace is pretty much just out there today saying, they got to throw me the ball, man. I mean, the guy's not getting targets. They're being very, very conservative, you know, getting Joe Flacco to pass the ball right now. So, as soon as this offense has to open up a little more, and I'm not sure it'll have to be against the Jaguars, although they could just load the box against these running backs and, and force him to, to throw it. So maybe this is a game where Wallace could take a deep shot, but I don't want any, any part of these corners. So I'm really just fading all the receivers. I think Jeremy Macklin's a three in effect flex play, depending on what your other options are. Uh, I'm not going to start Mike Wallace, and I own him in a bunch of spots. It's just not the week for it. Um, being in London and that internal body clock and all those things that are going on with it. The only people <laughs> Isn't that something for women and getting, getting pregnant? I love it. Uh, you just basically called Mike Wallace a, a woman trying to get No, pregnant. it's a real thing. <laughs> you've traveled. You know what jet lag is. I got you. Uh, the people you're excited, excited about starting in this game are the running backs. Uh, Terrence West is, you know, a three and a flex play. Uh, you know, Buck Allen maybe a little bit more in a PPR league, maybe an RB2 for you. But you're excited about starting the goddamn defense against Blake Bortles and the Jaguars who've been giving, you know, giving the ball over to anybody they can, you know, last week. And then we've seen it before. And the Detroit, uh, the Baltimore Ravens have 10 takeaways through the first two games of the season. They're getting sacks on the quarterback. They've got the defense to just you know shelter and smother Blake Bortles. So play that defense if you own them. If they're available on your waiver wire, pick them up and play them against the Jags. And, and that's really it. I mean, Flacco's a back-end QB, too, like usual. Um, but I'm not overall excited about the, uh, the outlook of this offense with how slow they're playing and how much is being funneled through the running backs currently. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, let's go well, on to the chat. One note got, to make yeah. is oh, ben, ben Watson. Watson had a big game, yeah. Ben Watson, you know, they're playing all three of their tight ends. They're play, They're mixing Max Williams with Nick Boyle with Ben Watson, but Ben Watson looks to be the clear leader in the receiving category. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
just just the way it goes. So you you don't I know you're sitting Wallace, but you don't think those four targets they're gonna be like kind of the game plan? Hey, let's keep just so we don't cause some sort of controversy. Flacco, get this guy, try and throw the guy the ball. You, you have that much respect for the Jaguars' corners? Yeah, I think Jalen Ramsey or AJ Boyle just toss him around. Wow, cool. Uh, Watson, nice uh, nice work. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he he's got a you know a, a resurgent. Uh, what was that? Three years ago, he was a badass, or two? No, maybe two years ago for the Saints, but he was a dud the last year or two for uh, um, for the Ravens. So hopefully he can uh, he can do it. You got anything else on these guys? You want to move over to the Jaguars? No. You don't want to move over to them. <laughs> uh, Allen Robinson out. Blake Bortles literally looks like the worst quarterback. Um, in the history of the league. Um, <laughs> Very general use of the word literally. <laughs> Thomas Evans still hasn't thrown a touchdown, so that's Blake Bortles got that on him. There you go. That's a good that's very, very true. Um, so what do you what do you who who do you start besides Fournette in this team? Uh, Fournette, I think Hearns, you like? I think Hearns is the best play on the outside. I've been saying it for a long time. He's got the most touchdown upside. He's their guy now with Allen Robinson down that they're going to take deep shots to because they're not going to do that with Marquise Lee. So Hearns is the guy most willing to play as a wide receiver three or flex. He's that boom-bust type that we talked about with Deshaun, and he may need a touchdown to give you a big game, but this is a guy with a history of double-digit touchdowns in a season. This is a guy with a history of 1,000-yard seasons. And, you know, I like Hearns' outlook the most of those wide receivers so if he's still available in your league. Yeah, he's a, he was a big pickup uh, this week. A lot of people are going to grab him. Yeah, I think he's the guy to pick up and just avoid, you know, I, I, I see Marquise Lee as the guy in PPR leagues. That's the safer play, but Hearns has that much bigger upside to where they're going to take the shots. They're going to throw some red zone targets to him because they have nothing at the tight end position. They've got, you know, very little in the – realm of pass-catching, dynamic running back, unless Fournette's going to keep growing and growing into that role. So overall, that's my feelings. It's Hearns and it's Fournette, and I avoid Blake Wardles, especially if you get charged for turnovers. And it could be garbage time city for this team because they stink uh, on offense, so if that happens, The thing is, I don't know if the Baltimore Ravens can put up enough points to make Jacksonville a garbage time have to throw it. Yeah. Well, last obviously we saw what Fournette did week one, but last week he basically, other than you know a late touchdown, he he wasn't he wasn't killing it quite like he did. Fourteen carries. That's something that's very very likely to happen against the Baltimore Ravens. They could stuff him for a majority of the game, but all he needs is that one chance on the one yard line uh, to make his day. So. All right, cool. I like that one. Um, let's move on to the next game, Browns at Colts. Shocker that this isn't part of a doubleheader Thursday Night Football. Um, Corey Coleman out for how long? Is he out for the season? Or? They're saying six to eight six weeks, to eight looking weeks. more like eight weeks, breaking a metacarpal in his hand. Uh, sort of the same injury he had last year in which, in which he missed about eight weeks. So uh, it, I think he's a safe Drop if you've yeah. got him. I saw uh, he's been dropped in basically every league I'm in today. So if you got him, picked you up drop by her, and people were picking up Hearns and dropping uh, Gory. Yeah, um, I'm liking. I mean, they're gonna have to do something at wide receiver. So Rashard Higgins is Higgins. the guy who got the most targets on the team last week. 
He looks like he's very involved in the offense after being called up from the practice squad the week before. So that was sort of a quick turnaround because he was cut. Signed back to the practice squad. Signed. Got the most targets. And now he's probably going to end up with zero targets next week because that's just how the NFL fucking works. But... um, are Brit, you worried? Brit's, Brit's really got to step up here. He had a huge drop last week. He's had a couple of huge drops like, in the last oh two God. weeks. Uh, he's really got to step it up. He's got to be the guy that they spent the money for. Yep. You know, that $36 million looks like it's going to waste with how they're talking about using him. But the depth at the wide receiver position is sort of non-existent for them right now. Um, so Brit's got to step up. Higgins is an interesting pickup. Especially in PPR leagues, he's yeah. a guy who can catch a boatload of passes, but he's probably not going to be the most athletic, freakishly athletic guy on the outside. That's going to be left for a guy like Ricardo Lewis, who they're going to ask to stretch the field. And he might be an interesting punt play in DFS this week with Deshaun Kaiser and his ability to sort of t- chuck, fuck it, chuck it, take the shots down the field. He is, in terms of percentage of throws, his is the highest in the NFL being down the field 20-plus yards. Kaisers? Yeah. Wow. So, you know, if you want to take a deep shot, it's probably going to go to a guy like Lewis or Britt, and maybe they'll use Ninjoku a little bit more on those deep vertical seam routes. Um, so I'm liking – this is a team that I don't really like anybody that you're really talking yourself into. Yeah. Um, and the thing is that Indianapolis is playing – as a sort of funnel defense where they've been able to stifle run games for the first couple weeks of the season. So if they're going to do that to Isaiah Crowell, you know, great. That means some dump off for Duke Johnson. But they're probably going to have – Cleveland's going to have to get it done through the passing game. Um, Crowell, I mean, let's just focus in on him for a second. So, you know, average, average – he's getting, he's getting the opportunities and just doing nothing with them. Uh, he had 17 in week one and 10 carries in week two. Both games he had 33 and 37. So uh, averaging, you know, like two yards a carry essentially doesn't really get much going on in the offense out of the passing game. Um, he's he's a guy that coming into the season a lot of people thought was going to be a top 10, top 12 running back. What are your th- feelings uh, long term? You know, we hate it when people ask the Twitter question, like, rest of the season, this guy or that guy. But is this guy in trouble, or has it just been a slow start for him? Uh, half and half. So he's in, he's got some concern, um, but he's getting the opportunity. The reason he was ranked so high is because of opportunities. Yeah. We knew the opportunities are going to come his way, and they're going to keep coming his way, especially when he goes out and complains, hey, I need to get the ball more. And now Hugh Jackson's saying, hey, we got to get this guy the ball more. He's going to be a big part of our offense. When we run the ball, we're going to be a lot better team. So this is something that's going to have to happen. I sort of agree with him. Yeah. Um, so Crowell's got you know, in his head that he's getting the ball, and it's likely to happen. So now that offensive line that they paid the dollars and dollars and dollars for this offseason needs to really take a step up. So that here's their time to sort of earn their paychecks because um, they haven't given him much room to work. But I'm not really worried about Crowell in terms of opportunities. We knew he was going to regress from his uh, 4.8 yards per carry last season because there was just so many long runs built into it. Um, now 
it, it's really coming back. So it'll probably meet somewhere in the middle, around four yards of carry, and he'll be all right for you. But he's not going to be—he's going to end up being a weekly flex that'll end up finishing better as a running back because of just overall attrition at the position. Well, I like it. Attrition at the position. Um, yeah, essentially Duke, who you said, uh, is getting a lot more opportunities than I thought he would going into the season, but he's basically a wide receiver. I mean, he may, he's running routes every 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 time. So, um, okay. Uh, let's oh, – Kaiser, you worried about this uh, headache? The minute I saw that, like out with a headache or migraine, I, I started thinking about Percy Harvin and, and those days. Is this something that he has a history of, or was this out of nowhere? Was Result of the hit, and then obviously he did come back into the game. I think the first play he threw an interception in the end zone, but um, is this something to be concerned about? I mean, yeah, any time that you know your backup quarterback's entering the game more often than you'd like, like if you're a fantasy player playing Deshaun Kaiser, seeing the backup throw the ball on the sideline is not good for your fantasy score. <laughs> like, it, it usually means a zero for the rest of the game. Yeah. I wonder if there's something a little bit bigger going on that they're keeping under wraps. For now, maybe he did suffer a concussion, but they didn't want to call it a concussion because they wanted him back in the game. But I'm, I'm a little concerned long-term uh, that this is something that could be recurring. Headaches, headaches aren't something that just up and disappear. I've gotten one headache in my life, but I've never gotten another one. They, they, they always one of those things that come back. But there wasn't a history of anything in his college career of him leaving the game for headaches or anything along those lines. So I'm just going to trust that he's out there uh, this week, and I think he's a decent streamable option because of Indy's funnel defense. They literally can stop the running backs. That means if Cleveland's going to move the ball, they're going to have to move it through the air. And I also think you know Kaiser gives you that nice little run game uh, that he's shown so far. So... I like Kaiser is a better option than some of the other guys we've talked about so far. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's go over to uh, – that's interesting. Let's go over to the Colts side of the ball. Um, I mean, there's really not much to talk about. I think it looked a lot better with Jacoby in there, uh, but he still it was a shit sandwich for, for the most part. Um, I mean, let's let's talk about the really the only fantasy relevant two guys on the team, T.Y. Is he startable at this point, or what are you what – I mean, what what are your thoughts on? I mean, against Cleveland, who really has you know no corner depth to speak of, uh, releasing Joe Hayden before the season, with what they're what they've got on the back end and sort of how they've been playing so far this year, Hilton's the dart throw of the wide receiver threes. Um, it's it's tough just because. Now you're trying to see Jacoby Brissett now with another week under his belt. You know, he just got there basically 10 days before being asked to start. So now he's got another week. He played, um, and and it should be good. I mean, usually you're not going to hold a team to 38 yards receiving by your wide receivers like they did Baltimore. The week before, Antonio Brown, 11 catches, 11 targets, 182 yards. He's not going to have that efficient of a day, but I think Jacoby's got to start taking some shots at this guy. He's got a strong arm, and he knows he's the most impactful player on the field because if you can get a deep shot to T.Y. Hilton, suddenly you're going to get everybody backing up a little bit. 
And then Frank Gore is going to have a little bit more room. Marlon Mack is going to have a little bit more room. And they're supposedly going with more of a backfield committee now. So Mack's going to be involved. Turbin's going to be involved. Gore is going to be involved. And that makes it a shit sandwich for anybody you're looking to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, obviously, uh, Mac came, uh, didn't have a huge rushing game week one, but he had a touchdown, and then last week he had, you know, six oper- six totes and negative yards. So not not not, not a great game, too, uh, for moving himself into uh, kind of a, in a spot where the coaching staff, like, has to worry about maybe putting him and stealing the Gore job. Uh, that's not going to happen. I think you're right. It's going to be a three-headed monster there. Uh, Doyle, anyone else you, we uh, want to talk about? Doyle's an interesting play. He got heavily, heavily targeted by Jacoby Brissett. Uh, we know that you know he's per- previously working in New England where they like to focus on you know funneling the ball to the tight ends. So that could be something for Doyle to look forward to. And they haven't had another tight end record target for them this season. So look at, you know, Doyle is a strong back-end, tight-end, one, tight-end, high-end, tight-end, two, tight play. Yeah. Well, right now, Doyle uh, is sitting in for tight ends uh, at 13, so not as great as, as I thought maybe he was. But Yeah, and Cle- Cleveland has allowed the second-most fantasy points per game to opposing uh, tight ends, allowing 19 catches for 160 yards and two touchdowns through two games. They've also been pretty bad against the tight end in previous seasons. And I just don't think they have the... In fact, they were the worst the previous year. I don't think they have the linebacker depth or the real safety depth to cover a guy like Doyle on a play-to-play basis. Okay. All right, Colts. Yeah, one other thing. Luck not practicing again. Are you hearing any news on when this guy nope. might come back? Nope. Jesus. Zero news, and that's the most disconcerting part. Disconcerting part, like where is it? Like where in the world is Andrew Luck? <laughs> like I-, I found Carmen San Diego before I found Andrew Luck this season. <laughs> nice, buddy. All right, before we go on to the next game, do us a favor and listen to this. Thank you for listening to that. Good times all around. Let's get to the next game, and that's going to be the Giants are visiting the Eagles. Uh, good Lord, the Giants. Um, it was interesting. I was actually talking to Wheeler. want to give a shout-out to Wheeler. Um, his, uh, what's his Twitter handle? Uh, NFL, can you look that NFL up? NFL Wheeler Mock, NFL Mock Wheeler. Yeah, can you look at that quickly? And uh, But I just want to tell a quick story. So we were having just a quick call. Uh, catching up and whatever and uh you know he's a new york guy uh and he's a giants fan and i was just asking him you know what's the deal with your friggin' team and he's like dude all off season i was hitting up beat writers and talking to people in the know that are following the team closely and be like what have they done for this offensive line everyone's talking about all these other things and all the pieces they got in the trap and obviously some of those new weapons at receiver they got. And he's like, doesn't matter. We've all talked, we talked about this on last week's show. The offensive line, defensive line are probably the two most important uh, spots in football. And he's like, I knew this team was going to be like this. I'm like, so you don't think there's any chance I'm turning around? He's like, I do not. This team's not going to be good. Yeah, his his uh, Twitter handle is NFL Fantasy Wheeler. And fantasy is F-N-T-S-Y. So you can follow him. He does a lot of our news feeds, contributes on some other pieces. 
uh, and just slings the FF goo and shares a lot of the a lot of the stuff we're doing too. So if you don't catch it from us, you can catch it from him a little bit later. Uh, I'm liking so about the Giants and about the Eagles going back. Let's start with uh, Giants. The Giants side of it. It, the the best part about it is you're now seeing Odell Beckham on the field, and you saw the impact he can make, um, albeit on just limited opportunities. Now, as he gets healthier and healthier, they're going to start feeding him more and more targets because Brandon Marshall just looks like he's lost it. Sterling Shepard played 100% of the offensive snaps for the Giants. Uh Evan Ingram is out there for a lot of snaps. Now, these two guys playing a ton of snaps means bad, bad things for Brandon Marshall. The amount of targets going Brandon Marshall's way are majorly concerning. I think he's, like, you got to sit him until you see something from sort of like it was last season with the Jets. Because he just might be cooked. It might be done. And, you know, this team's not going to funnel targets his way because they don't have to. They've got better players in Odell. Evan Ingram looks like a real keeper. He's got two top 12 weeks uh, to start the season. He caught a great touchdown pass. They're using him on a variety of vertical routes and vertical routes and you know sort of the quick hitters slants. Almost had two. He almost had two TDs, but a great defensive play was made yeah. on it. Hit the ball out. That was he was going. If that guy didn't uh, make that play, he was going in for the touchdown there. Uh, he's in concussion protocol. Uh, right now, but it seems like they're kind of just he's practicing, but uh, so he's going to be fine. But that doesn't seem like the way concussion protocol is supposed to work. I know, I know, <laughs> I agree. Uh, but he is in concussion protocol. I do know that. Um, so let me maybe he's not practicing then, but uh, he's definitely placed in con- Evan Ingram placed in concussion protocol. Um, yeah, I guess he. Uh, it's it was specula- it's speculation. His presence at practice suggests he'll be fine. So he's not practicing, but he's there. Uh, so I think I don't know what happened at what point that happened during the Monday night's game against the Lions. But that's probably when that ball was knocked out because he got yeah, laid out by Darius Slay. That was a big hit. He he looked like he was like, oh geez, this is an, that's an NFL hit. Um, OBJ uh, didn't practice today, but he'll play. Uh, didn't look like he had any um, any issues going on with that uh, that ankle. Uh, but damn, man, these guys are dropping the ball a lot. I think this team looks like they're uh, they're going to be a, a head scratcher in a lot of ways. Eli Manning, uh, I thought he made some great plays in the last game and looked okay. But the coach came out this week and said we've got quarterback issues. We got an inconsistent quarterback play. Uh, do you think that he can turn it around against the Eagles, uh, or is this going to be a, is this just going to be another game where the Eagles can kind of put some points up and kind of win a slugfest? I mean. I think this game's going to be a little bit more down and dirty on defense again. I mean, over the last, what, eight games, they failed to score 20 points on offense, the Giants. They've got nothing from their running backs. Paul Perkins is doing nothing. Uh, Orleans Dark was coming in and getting, like, three carries a game, and he looks like the best overall runner on that team. Shane Green's catching everything thrown to him out of the backfield. So I think if you maybe demote Paul Perkins, go with these other two guys, lit. Orleans Darkwood deserves a shot. He's coming in. The play calling's also been suspect. Orleans Darkwood, you know, pretty much, let's see, chunk gain of 12-yard run play, first play of the series. Pass, 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 pass. 
Like eight straight passes after a 12-yard gain by Orleans Darkwa. So the play calling's a little bit suspect right now. Overall, there's just major, major concerns with this offense. The only player I am trusting is Odell Beckham. If Evan Ingram can get back, he's one of those tight ends that's sort of the boomer bust, can get it done for you in a week, or could put up that sort of zero spot like we sort of saw from Eric Ebron in week one and week two. Well, like you said, so far two weeks in, he's got two top 12. uh, The first one's sort of bullshit. So the first one he scored 4.4 fantasy points, was the 12th overall scoring tight end. Um... And it was just a bad week for tight ends. The usual cutoff is 6.1 fantasy points. Wow. So you need a touchdown in the yard to get there. Check out that piece on uh, Pyromaniac.com, guys. This is one that Stag Party compiles and is basically just for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Um, it just lets you see uh, f- with fantasy points, are people finish- finishing uh, in the top 12 at their position on each week? And we are accumulating it over the entire season. You know, most people are in 12. 12-man league, so we basically we're saying this guy's been a tight end one uh, two times out of the games, and uh, so far it's interesting, I tweeted about this yesterday, no wide receivers have two um, uh, wi- uh, top 12 finishes, uh, so I think there were six tight ends, six running backs, and uh, something like five QBs uh, have the top, have finished twice in the top 10, but no wide receivers, so um, that should change, I think. I think uh, with Evans being back, um, he missed that first game, so he's kind of maybe he uh, will change that. But great piece. I love looking at that one. Kind of lets you know, even on your own, sometimes on your own bench, you don't even realize that a guy's having a better season than someone else that you just regularly start. I think that piece can be pretty good for that. So uh, Odell Beckham, you say you trust him. Played 34 of 56 snaps. Is that number going to go up, or are they are they just going to try and use him more in the game script when he's on the field? Because usually he's like he's a snap count gene, uh, one of the top snap count guys uh, playing uh, you know every snap on offense. I, I think it's half and half. So they're going to take him along slowly. Maybe he plays 40 snaps or 45 snaps, depending on how many plays they get to run. And I just think they're going to target him more on the plays he's in there because the other guys just aren't getting it done. And he looked like he was open on a lot of his plays. And Eli just didn't – he's not starting his reads with Odell. He's starting his reads with Brandon Marshall, who's failing to separate. He's starting his reads with Sterling Shepard or Evan Ingram. So I think they're just going to start forcing this guy the ball and say, hey, prove to us why you deserve to be the highest-played player in the league like you say you want to be. Yeah, I agree with that. Um all right, let's move over to... Um, Shepard's a good speculative ad if he's been dropped just because of the amount of you know targets he's received, the amount of plays uh, he's playing in the game. He looks uh, like the fastest guy on the field for him. You know, he's, yeah, he's, he looks like the most explosive guy. They're you know, now designing some Edelman-esque end-arounds and yeah. things like that for him to play through. So Shepard's a decent ad um, if he was dropped, but... Brandon Marshall's starting to look hooked. He's the guy you got to leave on your bench until you see something out of him. Yeah, but Brandon Marshall needs to cook that haircut that he's got. That thing looks so dumb. Oh, my God. Um, 
Yeah, I've, uh, I agree with that. Let's move on over to the Eagles side of the ball. Looking pretty good. Looks like Janoris uh, Jenkins is going to be out again uh, after a great start um, to the season week one. And he's a, he's a great shutdown, one of the better shutdown quarterbacks in the cornerbacks in the league. That helps, um, you know, obviously uh, helps our, our boy Jeffrey out, who's been pretty solid. Pretty sure he's, uh, he's, had, uh, he's been a top guy. Um, having a pretty good uh, season so far. Two touchdowns in two weeks, and it just looks like they're trying to get him the ball on long plays, short plays. So uh, bump him up a little bit uh, with Jenkins being out. What else? Uh, they're saying Janoris Jenkins is likely to be back quickly. They said they think he's just a one-week injury. Give him a little bit of time off, you know, and he'll be back. So I'm liking Jenkins to be back. You think he'll if, be back soon? If so, then I downgrade Jeffrey. But if he's out... You know, play them all day because you'll have guys like Eli Apple covering them. And Eli Apple's been roasted so far to start the season. Um, you know, and Jeffrey's probably not going to play a lot of snaps out of the slot. That's going to be left for Nelson Aguilar. Uh, and he gets Dominic Rodgers-Camardi, so that looks like good times for him. If Janoris Jenkins is out, it sort of bumps everybody up a spot. And unfortunately, it takes their defense down a notch. But if he's back in the game and they have their, uh, you know, starting middle linebacker back, it could be back to this dominant defense that we've seen from them over the last six, eight weeks when fully healthy. So I like the Giants' defense a lot here. If if they're back and healthy, if not, I think you could roll with all the usual suspects on the Philadelphia Eagles. Torrey Smith's even getting it done. He's getting deep shots. Carson Wentz, if Jenkins is out, then he gets a bump up. If such-and-such uh, such is still out, he gets a bump up. Like, if they're fully healthy, it's it could be tough time for the Eagles, despite being at home. In that run game, there's nobody you could trust to start. LeGarrette Watt got, what, one carry in that game for sure. no yards? That's scary. They're talking about maybe you know raising Corey Clement to an active level, seeing what he can do. He was awesome in the preseason. So that's a good deep, deep spec ad. Um, but Smallwood, Blunt, they have not been getting it done on first and second down. So they're leaning on this passing game right now. Yeah, that's for sure. Let's talk about that. Uh, let's talk about that passing game um, a little bit. Zach Ertz against the Giants. Just, just slot him in your lineup. Yeah. Um, They're 26 so far this season against the tight end and allowing fantasy points. And he's having uh, a, a guy that starts out somewhat slow and usually um, is obviously one of uh, one of the big targets for um, Carson Wentz. So uh, Wentz, he, right now he's the third-ranked uh, quarterback in fantasy football with points. The only two guys are the guys that are always in front of him and in front of all, everyone else, um, Alex Smith and uh, Trevor Simeon. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not not the usual cast of characters at the top of the quarterback fantasy football points uh, chart. So um, I don't know. What do you think? Wentz hasn't been playing great games, but he's just throwing, chucking the ball like crazy. Right now he's chucking the ball like crazy. They've sort of taken those training wheels off that we talked about, and they're just letting them attack downfield. Uh, Alshon's winning some battles for him. So, if Alshon keeps winning on the outside, Torrey Smith's been making some hay. Nelson Aguilar's, you know, look pretty damn good to start the start of the season. Mm-hmm. If those guys all keep playing, 
then it, it's looking good for Wentz. But we know Alshon, his histories of injury, you know, Torrey Smith has disappeared in games and disappeared for stretches of the season. And Nelson Aguilar hasn't put together more than a game or two in his NFL career. So that, that worries me. But Zach Ertz is that consistent threat underneath that he's going to feed the ball to. So Wentz probably needs a little bit more respect in fantasy circles uh, right now just because he's also you know running the ball a little bit. Last week he had uh, 55 rushing yards on just four carries against Kansas City. But they're... The attempts are there for him, and he's pushing the ball downfield with two 300-yard games in the first two weeks. Cool. Um, yeah, and, and one thing in, in Wentz's defense, uh, his, his, his two interceptions have kind of uh, been dropped passes by guys on his team. So. so he's also had like four interceptions dropped by the other team. <laughs> so fucking even out. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay. Um, Anyone else you want to talk about on this team? Let's move on. Well, let's hit. Let's hit the next one. Let's go to the Dolphins at the Jets. Um, I think a funny, uh, funny stat that made me giggle uh, that I read somewhere on the interwebs today. Jermaine Curse has more touchdowns than the Seattle Seahawks, <laughs> and he's on the Jets. Yeah. Uh, so um, shows you how how shitty the Seahawks have uh, gotten out of the gates. But we'll we'll get to that. Um, let's see a here. Bit later. It's Miami versus the Jets. I think you can play Jarvis Landry. I think you can play Devontae Parker. I think it is a likelihood that Kenny Stills could get a deep one. So I'm playing all those guys. Uh, I sort of like Jay Cutler as a top 20 option this week. Overall, though, the question is, are they ever going to let him open it up? Or is Jay Ajayi just going to dominate and slow the game down and they're going to win these tight, tight games? Uh, th- but this should be a game where Jay Cutler could just open it up and, and have his way with the secondary. There's nothing that scares you against the Jets. They're allowing 20 fantasy points a game, two opposing quarterbacks, uh, five touchdowns to just one interception. And you look at what they're doing against wide receivers that are the second worth worst team allowing four touchdowns there uh, you could just have your way with these guys so I, I think you could start all three of the Miami wide receivers if you were not on the same team yeah. but if you I, need a flex play Stills is there uh, Julius Thomas just a few targets I think that's what you're seeing so he'll either be a touchdown or bust yeah. um, and I'm liking Cutler in, in DFS I want to take a look as it comes closer Jets are certainly a defense I'm targeting a quarterback going against. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about um, Ajay. Okay, he's not practicing today. Is that just going to be the way it is? I think it's going to be every Wednesday. Ajay is not practicing with his sort of history of knee issues. He's sort of been banged up this preseason, and they know they just want to funnel the offense through him. So why get this guy banged up during the practice week when nothing's on the line? Yeah, yeah. They know he knows it. They know he's a gamer. Uh, was second in, in the amount of looks um, and touches last uh, week with 30. Obviously, in my opinion, only uh, Le'Veon Bell had 31, I think. 
Um, so it's going to be all the things that we thought all offseason. JJ is one of the few of a dying breed on this offense. He is a bell cow back. Now, let's just hope that his knee and his body can, can, can handle that over the 16 game. He doesn't get that bye week, as we know. Uh, but damn, for, uh, for week one, considering he didn't, he didn't really even bust one, he was just very kind of methodical and just had, had some nice runs. But it looked pretty good if, uh, for JJ owners. I know personally I have in every league I'm in, and I was, I was glued to watching him on offense this week. And, He's a banger, dude. He's fast. He's tough. He, he just he just looks the part of being able to hurt defenses and get better as the game goes on. The only thing that's going to depend is, is Miami going to sort of be able to stay in every game, keep it close? Because when when the game script gets a little bit more negative for him, you know, he caught just two passes for four yards. Mm-hmm. Are they going to use him in that role? Are they going to use Damian Williams and Kenyon Drake as that spell back, speed back more? Um, so, if Miami can keep it close, JHI is going to be awesome. Can they do it for a sustained period of time? Not worried about it for the Jets this week, though. Yeah, we'll get to that when we get to that. Um, all right, cool. Let's move over to the Jets side of the ball. Um, you know, what is there really to say? It looks like people are hitting the panic button a little bit on uh, Bill L. Powell. Um, uh, are you feeling like he's gonna bounce back, or are you? Uh, are you? No, I mean, the only thing with Wal Powell is you you knew what you were getting into <laughs> when you drafted him. Like he's never gonna see all of the carries. He's never gonna be that guy who just you know runs it twenty times a game, gets five targets. The Jets are gonna do. The Jets are gonna jet with him. Um, they're going to give him very limited opportunities, maybe 12 to 15. So he needs to make a big play or he needs to catch you five passes in a week in a PPR league to pay off. But you were buying into the negative pass-catching game script when you bought Wild Powell. So if you're dropping him now, what's changed? Nothing's changed. You're just not seeing the overall numbers that weren't going to be there anyways. The overall volume of the rush attempts weren't going to be there. So, uh, maybe Matt Forte's been a little bit better than you thought, but how much? Yeah, are you, co- are you comfortable throwing that guy in any lineup? In any? Not, re- not really. I mean, Ball Powell's a flex play, and you're hoping he catches passes in PPR leagues. But in standard leagues, avoid Ball Powell. Like, yeah. Matt Forte is the better play, and even then, that's like desperation depth play. Yeah. Uh, but against Miami, Forte could have a little bit of success running the ball. Um, you know, we saw Melvin Gordon make some plays. Uh, Let's talk about the wide receivers. I mean, Jermaine Curse is a top five overall receiver right now. Do I think that is going to continue? Absolutely not. Um, but we know that they're going to throw him the ball because there's no one else. Robbie Anderson's a little bit banged up this week. He's questionable. Um, you know, Jeremy Curley got first game action, but the Jets have already cut him loose once. The rest of their guys are young, unproven rookies. Jermaine Kirsch is their most battle-tested wide receiver on the roster. Saw nine targets in week one. Saw five targets, but caught two touchdowns in week two. Overall, you know, you're going to get some boom-bust games, but the target should be there for Jermaine Curse. 
He's not a bad flex play. The real question is, ASJ is supposed to be back now, um, you know, after serving a suspension. But hey, coach is already talking. ASJ needs to get in better shape. Uh, so those aren't the things you want to see right away. But he's worth the spec ad, it, it, depending on your tight end situation. ASJ's not, not in good shape. Remember this offseason? He tweeted about how he, he used to just house McDonald's when he was <laughs> drunk, and he stopped doing that. I guess he's getting drunk and house McDonald's again. I mean, it's possible. I'm not going to write him <laughs> off for anything. Uh, can you imagine being a professional hey. athlete going on a radio show and be like, yeah, I just was had a bad diet. I'd, I'd get shit-faced and go eat McDonald's. Like, Maybe shut up. Dude, Chad Johnson, Ch- Chad Johnson. That's all he ate. Like literally, it's all the guy eats. Yeah. He weighs 183 pounds or something. Like, so maybe it's the lack of getting shit faced. That's the real difference. Maybe you're right. Kobe Bryant, I think, like his first six years in the league, all he ate was McDonald's. He had like this his his hairstylist slash the Aaron Runner. Then he was just like, go get, go get me McDonald's, go get me McDonald's, and then like. Once, once I think he changed yeah, lanes in in uh, in Colorado once and was able to still get that huge contract. I think he got but he hired a full time chef and stopped eating Mickey D's. I mean, if you could taste it, make it taste like Mickey D's out of turkey, you're doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great burger actually. Uh, Check this place out if you're in Chicago. It's called Eight Bar. It's a downstairs bar for Maple and Ash. They basically have their cheeseburger. It's like a Big Mac, but it's so fucking good. It's like a good, good meat, good chef-style Big Mac. I ate it one the other day, and I was like, damn, it's one of the best burgers I've had in a long time. Let me uh, Before we go on, I'm going to... Um, I think we're good with this game, right? Oh, yeah. I'm going to do a quick pr- promo. Do yourself a favor. Sign up for... Pyro Pro. It's the be- uh, best way to get direct access to the Pyro Mindshare. You can ask us sen- second opinions, send us questions. We had a couple people sign up today, which is great news. It's been very, uh, we got a lot of questions and we love it. People got to, you can go in the question space and decide whether you, it's a lineup, a trade, cha- you got a trade you want to make or have been offered. Uh, you know, hit us up and we can kind of be your, uh, your second uh, opinion on uh, what you're thinking or give you some more deeper advice. Uh, lineup issues, playing this guy or that guy, but it's, it's super awesome. There's a back-end uh, dashboard that you can follow all the articles and see uh, the news feeds and follow certain players. Um, pretty pretty good stuff all around. Uh, that piece I mentioned earlier, top positional weeks, is actually um, a Pyro Pro piece. You can see it on the front end uh, behind a paywall, but we, I think we only have it set for four or five uh, viewings uh, per month. So there's that piece, and then the other one that we have behind the paywall is uh, market share. There's one other piece. All the other content on our site is free, but really, uh, you should try the Pyro Pro. You can do it for 40 uh, bucks for the year. That means if you sign up today, you will have it to this date in 2018. You can also test the waters out uh, for 10 bucks a month or even $5 a week. Uh, give it a whirl, um, and if you do, make sure you're asking us a lot of questions. Uh, good, good times. Pyro Pro. Become a Pyro Pro. Let's, uh, before we go to these next games, do us a favor and listen to a word from our sponsor. Sweet. Thank you very much. All right, Broncos at the Bills. Um, let's, uh, you know, start with the Broncos. They're obviously um, looking pretty good. As I mentioned earlier, Trevor Simeon right now is second for uh, quarterbacks in fantasy scoring right now. Uh, just con- real consistent. I think he's one of uh, 
He's tied with uh, Stafford uh, with six passing uh, TDs, and those guys uh, have the most passing TDs through the air. And Simeon also has a running TD, so he leads the league with touchdowns so far through two games. Let me ask you a question. Yeah? How much is six passing touchdowns of 60 passing attempts? How much? 10%. Okay. What was his touchdown percentage? I didn't think about that, actually. (laughs) What what was his touchdown? He's just math ever presented to me. Okay. Last year, he threw 18 touchdowns on 486 attempts. Slightly harder to do in your head. But it is 3.7%. Yeah, his touchdown numbers are going to regress. Uh, He's not going to throw three touchdowns for you every single week in the season. He's not going to throw... I mean, the first game he threw for two, had one rushing. Second game he threw for four. But he's doing that all on basically 28 and 32 attempts a game. They are opening it up a little bit more, passing the ball in the red zone, and it's giving guys like C.J. Anderson more room to work. And they're being a little bit more unpredictable, but he's not going to keep up this touchdown rate. Um, I, I agree. He's more of... You know, maybe he'll be a guy every week who's the Alex Smith. Maybe he throws for 225 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. But he doesn't run for one all that often. I I agree. But I will say, the guy looks confident. And the best part about it is it doesn't seem like a two-headed monster anymore with Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. He's throwing it to Fowler, like you said. uh, CJ, they seem very confident with him. We'll get to him in a minute. But uh, even uh, Lattimore... You're seeing that guy make plays in the field. Three years ago, a second-round draft pick, uh, bust maybe four years now. That He's been like the, one of the biggest busts at wide receiver uh, around, but actually getting on the field and making some plays. So uh, I like that. I like the confidence in Simeon. Do I like him as a starting uh, quarterback? It's hard. you got to have some shitty quarterbacks if you're confident going starting him week in, week out. But if you're, do, if you're streaming, if you're doing DFS, um, I think in, if you're if you're in a, a super flex league or a two QB league, man, I, I, until he doesn't kind of have a, a solid game, and I'm feeling the same way about Alex Smith. I'll talk about him later, but I picked him up in the league. Until he doesn't do it, you got to just kind of like the surrounding and the situation. So it seems like uh, Simeon's got a, a, a once he was given that starting job this year, it's it's his confidence. Like he doesn't have to look over his shoulder, which he all yeah. he's had to do every game of his life. Yeah. Yeah, that I agree with. He does look much more confident. Just, you're looking for fantasy points. You're not looking for fucking gusto from your quarterback. Uh, now, if he's going to fall back to earth with, with just his numbers, and numbers are the only thing that are going to put the final number in that little lineup that says 18 fantasy points from your quarterback. Yeah. Um, now, you know, those things, maybe not against the Bills, but eventually those things are going to come back to earth. Yeah. When he starts playing tougher defenses, uh, those numbers are going to fall back. But also, Emmanuel Sanders has looked great. Uh, you know, Demarius Thomas has looked pretty good. He's still catching you know, a lot of passes. They're using those third and fourth receivers and using like three or four tight ends. Virgil Green's been involved. We thought we'd never say that. Uh, they're using A.J. Derby, they're using Jeff Howerman, and they're just using their whole offensive repertoire and personnel to create some mismatches. 
but Simeon's still not really taking very many deep shots, yeah. and he's not doing all the things that you know make you excited. He's just running an efficient offense, making checks at the line of scrimmage, going from run to pass, getting them in good spots, and that's great if you're a fan of the Denver Broncos. But overall, for your fantasy team, he's there's going to be a week where he just lets you down. Yeah, and because the defense is so good and going to keep the score down, they're never there's never going to be that game where they need to, they need to get get back into the game or win it with his arms. So that's all that hampers him and puts a a, a, a stifles what he's going to be able to do. Let's talk about CJ. So he's going up against the Bills. Bills offense. I mean, Bills defense is it's it's talented. They're good. They started out the season against the Jets, um, allowing just 12 points. Who know you know. Who knows what you, you can't tell what you're really getting when you're playing against the Jets. But this week against Cam Newton, uh, they had six sacks on him, and they were able to totally shut down Stewart and uh, McCaffrey, who hasn't been able to do much uh, in his first two games as a pro. Uh, what do you think? Are the Bills going to be able to bring down CJ uh, to to planet Earth? Because let's remember, Bill CJ leads the league in rushing attempts. And he's fourth in fantasy points, and I'm pretty sure he's second in yards. The only guy that's got more yards, he's got 199 yards. The only guy that's got more, by like 30, I think, is Hunt. So um, C.J. Anderson's off to a hot start. Are the Bills going to kind of uh, be able to stop him, or is he going to just keep riding this hot wave? In between. Like, I don't think C.J. is off for a great, great game. The Bills have allowed just 88 rushing yards on 36 rushing attempts huh. through two weeks. They are stifling against the run. Unfortunately, in that time, they have also allowed 12 uh, running back receptions on 17 targets. So can C.J. Anderson get it done in the pass game a a little bit to stipend what might be a tough run defense? Because they look like they're playing some stout, stout run defense like they did in Carolina under McDermott. Uh, you know, with their oh, right. with their depth at the defensive tackle position and defensive end position, and they've seemingly drafted a front seven player in the you know first two rounds of the draft for the last four or five years. So these Jack guys, Lawson looks like he looks like friggin' Ray Lewis against the run right now. So far, he looks yeah. friggin' unbelievable. So these guys are you know putting it to him, and that's. That's the exciting part. If, if you're a Bills fan, you're seeing that front seven come together. I mean, the back end hasn't been good. Uh, the offense has been bleh. Uh, so, you know, at least you're seeing a core come together. Um, but if I'm C.J. Anderson, that volume is good for an RB2. Uh, he's shown that breakaway ability. That run-pass split inside the red zone is probably going to swing back a little bit more to 50-50 and as they show more of these passing plays in the red zone. So Anderson's a strong play. He's not he's not, probably not a top 10 option for me this week, but is he a top 15 to top 20? I think he's probably in that range. Well, let's look. Let's look at the Pyro Heat Index and see where C.J. Anderson's ranked. I'm going. He's down further than we would think. CJ, CJ. Wow, you're right. 14. So he's sitting there. CJ Anderson against 14th uh, at 14th for running backs. And uh, you look at that strength of schedule. 31st. So he's going up against the second best uh, running run defense in uh, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, pretty good stuff. 
That is also, I forgot to mention, it is a part of Pyro Pro. The heat index will let you see um, the visual version of it, I mean the uh, list version of our rankings, if you don't pay anything, but if you want to see the, all the charting of the Pyro heat index, which is the index score, our almanac projections, strength to schedule, the implied point total, spread, the human element that we put in, uh, and the uh, workload, then you have to, uh, you know, you have to be a Pyro Pro. So something food for thought for those of you that uh, want want to win your leagues, uh, check that shit out. I love this. I love the heat index. It's so good. It really helps. Um, so let's go. CJ, I, I agree. You know, be, temper your expectations a little bit. This defense is really good. Demarius Thomas has another soft tissue guy. He's got a hamstring issue. I wouldn't worry about it so much because I think he's going to play and it doesn't seem like he's going to be out. But he's not net, ever known as a, a tough guy. So if it doesn't, he, 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 I mean, I think he's willing to play through it, but it does concern me a little bit. I don't, I don't label Demarius Thomas as some tough guy. That uh, Demarius is, Thomas hasn't missed a game since 2011. Yeah. Does it scare you at all, or do you think it's fine? No, I'm not. A, I'm a little bit worried about the effectiveness. Maybe he's going to be 15 percent less effective, and <laughs> that—that's what really scares you. So now. Maybe he's more of a wide receiver three than a wide receiver two for you this week. So temper expectations. Uh, none of the tight ends are really startable. Um, you know the depth pieces at wide receiver until we see one guy really shine. Benny Fowler after those two touchdowns in week one sort of fell back in the snap count race. Um, so I think, he, he, I think he caught a touchdown, but it was called back. Um, on a penalty, yeah. but I was like, God damn, this game. it was the same exact play, that same like 12-yard, yeah, stopped in the end zone, low and hard, but I'm pretty sure it got called back. Um, let's go to the uh, let's go to the Bills side of the ball, and let's go quickly on this guy, Zay Jones, not doing crap. Um, it just looks pretty um, pretty pretty downtrodden all around. Um, let's look at uh, obviously Shady is, is probably the big. Uh, big guy that you're, you're thinking is going to be doing uh, a lot right so far. He's the 14th ranked through two games, 14th run, ranked running back. Uh, what, what, what are you expecting him to do against uh, this Broncos team? It can't be, can't be much. <laughs> He'll get I mean, the opportunities, but that defense is looking as good as they ever have. The Broncos sort of have gone to a different style. We talked about uh, the, the Bills allowing 36 for 88. The Broncos are along 33 for 80 after being, you know, not stout last season. Um, you know, they allowed Melvin Gordon to score a receiving touchdown. But other than that, they've been stuffing the run game and really just stacking the box uh, against a guy like Ezekiel Elliott. So now you get to see, you know, probably the best run game out there and the best run-blocking offensive line take them on. And then we'll really know how strong they are. I still think if you're a shady owner, you got to start him. Yeah. The volume should be there. As a receiver, he could make some hay there. They've allowed 11 receptions to running backs so far. Uh, McCoy is a very, very strong receiving play. Um, yeah, but the difference between last year's Denver team and this year's is they are just stacking the box, leaving their corners on islands, and they've got three very, very good ones. Uh, and their safeties over the top have looked pretty good in coverage. So if they're going to continue to stack the box, somebody's got to prove that they can either run against the box or a guy like Zay Jones, Andre Holmes, 
or you know somebody on the outside, Jordan Matthews, and he's not even a vertical threat, is going to have to prove they can stretch the field. And I don't know if they have that guy in Buffalo anymore. Yeah. I mean, Andre Holmes is probably their best deep threat, and he's more of the go-up-and-get-a guy, which there's an acronym for that, if you know Gayogi. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's the Bills are... are uh, I, they're already looking a little bit uh, rough and, 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 and not that great on the fantasy end. And you come up and you, you go up against probably the best defense in the league. Uh, they're, def- they're fourth against the running back. Uh, so far they've been um, in, in points allowed. Uh, this is from your other uh, great piece, Stags, the Pyro Power, the Pyro FF Power Rankings that we put out every week. Um, basically it's three charts, the FF points scored, uh, FF points allowed, and then the differential. But from the points allowed by defenses, the Broncos sitting in here are, um, where are you, Denver, they're uh, – not so hot against quarterbacks, 24th against running backs to fourth, 22nd against wide receivers, and uh, actually, I think I'm on the wrong road. No, I'm on the wrong nope. road. 20th against tight end. 20th against tight end. Remember, this is only through two yeah, weeks. Yeah. They, you know, didn't, they weren't demanding and pounding, like, they didn't pound the, the Chargers like they pounded the Dallas Cowboys last week. So, if that defense plays like they played against the Cowboys, I am worried about the Bills this week, but that's just me. Um, still starting McCoy, avoiding all the receivers on the Buffalo Bills. Your best start is probably Charles Clay from receiving options, and he doesn't even look like a top, top end uh, tight end this week. He's sort of in the range he always is, tight end 12 to tight end 15. Cool. Let's go on to the next game. Yeah. All right, we got the Saints at the Panthers. Um, are the Saints going to go 0 and 3? And you know, looking at the implied point total out of Vegas, uh, they've only got New Orleans against this Carolina defense that kind of looks a lot more like two years ago. Uh, they've only got this, the Saints scoring 21.3 points. Uh, let's. Uh, it could be. It could be pretty brutes. This is the one team that can can kind of keep Breeze under control. I mean, Breeze against Carolina at Carolina recently hasn't been bread and butter anyways. Breeze away from home hasn't been bread and butter. So you're knocking down Breeze a little bit. Uh, the run game, we saw Melvin, uh, or we saw Marking Run get it done late in the game, making some big carries. Uh, and it looks like he may have asserted himself, like he should be more involved. Adrian Peterson just wasn't there yet again. Alvin Kamara might be the play against this Carolina Panthers team. They're, you know, of teams that have played two games this season. They're allowing the fewest rushing yards to running backs with just 70. So maybe it's, I'm, I'm avoiding Mark Ingram, avoiding AP. This is maybe an Alvin Kamara game where that pass catching back to the Saints gets gets off because they have allowed 15 receptions to running backs over the first two games of the Carolina Panthers. Mm. So that's maybe the route I would go at running back, but even then that's a sort of a desperation play, especially in standard leagues. In PPR leagues, I think he's got some value. Um, Mike, check out this stat. Uh, through two games, Panthers have more sacks than they have points against. Uh, they got they got seven sacks and six points scored on them. 
Yeah, they're they're looking stout on defense. So uh, with Keekley back and their developing young corners uh, coming together and playing that over the top zone coverage, it, it's worked. But they played the 49ers yep. and they played the Bills. The New Orleans Saints are a different animal. Uh, so I, I like the Saints to still be able to put up, you know, some points here. I think we're going to see that number go from twenty, from six to twenty-six, uh, real quick against the Saints. But overall, the plays on the Saints don't, don't look that strong. They're on grass. They're not going to be playing on a fast track like they do at home. So you know, Breeze is a back end QB one. Michael Thomas is probably, you know what. Uh, a wide receiver too, and Ted Ginn. Maybe it's a Ted Ginn revenge, revenge game, and he can get by the defense. Ted Ginn's been freaking awful though so far uh, this season. Yeah, he's. I think he's, he's got two targets or something on the season. No, he's got more than that. He's got more than that. It's been. Uh, it hasn't looked good. Whatever it is. Um, he's had a little bit of the dropsies. Dropsy dropsies. Um, yeah, all right, so... I mean, Kobe Fleener might be the best play, but then you have to worry about Keekly and Davis, uh, and, and that's the real concerning part. Um, Ginn, Ginn could be the guy who gets behind this defense because they aren't, you know, burners in the secondary. Uh, besides that, I, I'm not starting any Saint against this Carolina Panthers defense with any confidence. And the guy you're starting with the most confidence is Drew Brees because he's Drew Brees. And this is the last week uh, with Snead out. Snead comes back next week. Yep. Okay. Snead, three game suspension. Three so games. he will be back uh, next week. And he might be a guy that helps them, but he's not the overall difference maker some people make him out to be. Yeah. Well, let's go over to the Panthers side of the ball. We'll talk about the New Orleans Saints. They uh, look like the same old Saints defense that is just a joy to start your fantasy players against already. Uh, This season they've allowed 17 pass plays of over 20 yards. Um, That's good news for receivers on that team. It's good news for Cam Newton. Uh, I think it's all around going to be kind of a a menagerie um, for the Panthers' side of the ball, and hopefully they can get uh, McCaffrey going and finally get a, a, a passable, serviceable game out of him for fantasy owners. Yeah, McCaffrey I'm still worried about. Touchdown upside, things we keep talking about, overall rushing effectiveness. Um, You do have him kind of high in the rankings, though, this year. I mean, it's the Saints. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's the Saints. We got got two guys from that team. Christian McCaffrey's nine, and and I'm, I'm agreeing with it. And Stewart's seven. So you get we, we if McCaffrey like, finishes as the ninth running back in the standard, I will probably be surprised. I'd much rather play Stewart than McCaffrey this week. Okay. I think they're going to run Stewart through the Saints. Uh, the Saints do look a little bit better against the run game than they do against the pass game. They're allowing whatever they want uh, on the back end. So, you know, the thing is, do the Panthers have a deep threat? Do they have a guy who can get twenty yards down the field? I mean, Kelvin Benjamin doesn't look like he could do it. Devin Funchess might play tight end for Greg Olson because, you know, Ed Dixon's going to do it. Like, Devin Funchess had his best game of the season and probably the best game of the last three years. But I'm not trusting that guy for a long extended period of time. So you're not going to send McCaffrey on a 50-yard fly route. So 
is it Benjamin catching you know something deep down the outside? Uh, who's going to be able to get deep against the Saints? Because these receivers, as currently constructed, aren't really built for it. And Curtis Samuel, they say they want to get him the ball more, want to get him more involved in the game plan. Maybe he's the guy who could do it on the outside. But we just haven't seen that yet. Uh, overall, I, I like Cam this week, and I like the run game a little bit. But I think that's more Jonathan Stewart than Christian McCaffrey. Uh McCaffrey just has concerns, and this offensive line's not stout enough to push people around, even though that seems like the offensive style they want to play. Uh, but the Saints have allowed, what, the most receptions, tied for the most receptions to opposing running backs through two games, and allowed the most receiving yards to opposing running backs through two games. Um, we, we saw James White have eight catches up for 85 yards. Uh, Rex Burkhead had three for 41 in a touchdown. Uh, they got destroyed, um, you know, last week by the Patriots running backs in the pass game. So, yeah, I mean, I could see it, but I'm not going to bet all my money on him finishing as a top 10 running this week. Cool. Um, uh, should we just go to the next game? Next game sounds good to me. Let's do it. Steelers are coming into Chicago. They're going to be playing at Soldier Field against our Bears. Um, who is the Steelers? Steelers. Play them all. <laughs> Play them all. No, you want, you want to keep this real simple? Yeah. Play them all. Play them all. Play Ben Roth. I don't care if Ben Roethlisberger is on the road. Um, I, I do care a little bit that he's on the road. He's not going to be maybe a top five quarterback, but is he top 12 with Antonio playing the way he played in week one, with Martavis playing the way he played in week two? I think Le'Veon Bell should get back. I mean, his snap count was up there. His rush attempts were up there. It looked like the week punish, week one punishment was completely over. He hasn't made any of those gash plays as of yet. But the Bears are thin at inside linebacker. They're starting to get more and more beat up on defenses. It seems like it happens throughout the season to this team. You could play all the main cogs. The only guy you're probably on the fence about is Jesse James. And I, He's a touchdown or bust type proposition. Um, but play Martavis, play Antonio. Um, even though the Bears play that sort of soft cover three that has sort of hampered wide receiver ones over the past, he's not the guy that sort of – Antonio's not the vertical threat of the Mike Evans and the Jordy Nelsons. He's the underneath passing receiver who can take a boatload of targets. So I, I like Antonio Brown's aspects. I mean, I love it. And Martavis is the guy who probably can still get deep against the cover three. Bell locked, should be locked in for a good workload, especially if the Bears offense plays as bad as it did last week. Cool. Let's move over to the Bears and that bad offense. Um, Tariq is getting. Uh, I mean, he's he, he looks he looks freaking great. Uh, getting more touches, more targets than than uh, um, jo- uh, Jordan, Howard. Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard also hurt his shoulder early in that game, though, uh-huh. uh, and was seen with a sling on the sideline. So overall, you're probably not going to see that number of rush attempts when Jordan Howard's healthy. The question is, how healthy is Jordan Howard going to be this week? How strong can you feel against starting him against the Steelers? I mean, the Steelers have 
you know, played tough against the run the last couple of the seasons. Uh, so far this season, they're allowing the eighth fewest fantasy points uh, to opposing running backs. But they have lit up receptions to the running back position. Uh, they've been stout in terms of yards per carry. They did allow a one-yard touchdown to Minnesota last week, but I don't think that's anything to be concerned about. Like, the Steelers are just a tough, tough defense. And with the current state of the Bears' offensive line, they seem to be losing interior players all over. They're moving probably their best interior lineman, Cody Whitehair, over to guard uh, to play for Josh Sitton because they're suffering multiple injuries. Um the thing is, Kyle Long could be back this week, and that could put Kyle Long, Peronis uh, Grassu, and uh, Cody Whitehair in the interior. But with Blitzburg's Blitzburg, you know their current style and how they're attacking quarterbacks, you should be scared of Mike Lennon. And the only guy I really would enjoy to play is Tariq Cohen, just because Glennon's going to have to get it out of the, his hands quick. Uh, they're going to have to run those RB screens to try and slow down this pass rush. They're going to have to run draws, which Cohen can do. So Cohen's a strong play as an RB2, and Howard, depending on his health, you're going to have to monitor that pretty closely because if he's 80% with his bruising style of run, that means he could get in and on the first play get popped uh, by Stefan Tuitt or one of their interior linebackers. So that, that's the scary part. A guy with the shoulder injury, you know, those things happen to re, reoccur. Um, I can't so, think of an injury so, that would be worse, uh, upper body-wise, for a running back. So overall for Howard, I've, got, I've had concerns all along, yeah. and now that he's a little bit banged up, I've got more concerns. And if the interior of the line, where he was, one of the be- he was the best running back in between the tackles last year, I've got more concerns. So there are the concerns are starting to mount for that guy. Wide receiver Marcus Wheaton is supposed to come back this week. They're expecting him to be the vertical threat. Why does everybody think Marcus Wheaton's a vertical threat? I don't, I don't fucking get it. Yeah, Just because he went out four four one time. Yeah. He's, well, he was. He's been injured for the first two weeks, but they're expecting him to get back healthy. This that's week. what I'm saying. He's always injured. I'm shocked that he's not still injured. I actually met this girl who was like his. Uh, his uh, injury therapist and when, when I was out in she Arizona. She used to be fucking yeah. fired. I was like, dude, you got all, you got your work cut out for you. And he just she just signed when I met her, he just signed with the Bears. I'm like I'm like, damn, this this guy this guy's always injured and she was like, he's really nice, blah blah I'm like fuck we just, fuck just, if I care. Fuck this guy. <laughs> um let's that basically there's no one else you play on the Bears. Uh the, the Bears Tariq Cohen, Jordan Howard Tariq yeah Tariq and Jordan Howard. But uh, that out touch was Jordan uh, Howard you got a monitor. Yeah okay let's go on to our next game that's gonna be Falcons at the Lions. This one uh has got some exciting things happening. We're gonna be some uh, got great uh great quarterbacks going against each other. What do you uh let's start with the Falcons um, what, do you, what do you think can happen here? Can we do another play them all? No. But, <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, you play Julio, you play Devonta. Uh, the question is, you know, can you play a Tevin Coleman? Uh, Detroit's starting starting to look a little better on defense, but they seem to be getting banged up and banged up. Uh, you know, they allow receive receptions to running backs at a high rate. They're allowing the receiving yards. We saw David Johnson go for 6 for 68. We saw Shane Vereen 3 for 27. Um, so Tevin Coleman seems to be more involved as a receiver. They're just trying to get this guy in space. 
Uh, and that's all they're doing. They're running the screens and the sweeps and get whatever they could do to get Tevin Coleman in space or with the full head of steam. They are running that play whenever this guy's in there. So although you know uh, Devonta Freeman's seeing slightly more snaps, it looks like you know per touches per snap rate is going a little bit in Tevin Coleman's favor. But I think he's one of those guys that's a hit or miss play flex type. Um, Great, uh, great tweet by uh, Scott Barrett. You know, my favorite. Uh, he did uh, yesterday, I believe, is carries on the season. Freeman's got 31. Coleman's got 14 targets. Freeman's got four. Coleman's got eight. Opportunities inside the five. Both of them have two. So you're, you're seeing uh, it evens out when you go from the pass to the running game with these guys a bit. Um, but I, I, I hear you. I think uh, I, I, I think so far what I'm saying is Tevin Coleman's looked better than I thought he would uh, through two games. So hopefully they can keep him active. And I think your point is great, straight on. Just with that speed, um, they're just trying to get him going and get the ball with in his hands while he's running full speed. Yeah. Um, I mean, Julio's the start. The question is, can you play Austin Hooper? Because we know uh, that Detroit has been notoriously bad against tight ends recently. Um, they, they've been a little bit better through the start of the season, but nothing to write home about for those guys. Um, yeah, you could probably start Austin Hooper as a dart throw, but the overall targets are concerning. Uh, Mohamed Sanu looked pretty good. Oh, yeah. you know, um, and they're not really targeting Taylor Gabriel as much as they were during the stretch run last season, but that that could be something that swings back and they can start running more design plays for him. But anybody you normally would play on the Falcons, I think you're playing. Cool. I agree, absolutely. Uh, let's go over to the uh, Lions side of the ball. On the Lions side of the ball, I don't really see anything scary. Uh, talking about Theoretic. So Theoretic could be in line for a great game. The, the Falcons allowed the most catches and yards uh, through the air to opposing running backs last season. They haven't been better in that area against them this year. Uh, they're, they're just bad against pass-catching backs. So I, I'm liking Theoretic. But 136 also, receiving yards and two touchdowns on 17 receptions for the season against that defense. Uh, so, yeah, Theo's looking pretty good in that situation. Uh, I mean, other aspects, they're getting beat on the ground game, too, allowing over five yards per carry, and it's looking like Vic Beasley's going to be out, who's probably their best pass rusher. Yeah. So if you were worried about Stafford in the pocket, you know, you can ease your concerns a little bit. Without that guy, they're going to have to generate a, a pass rush in other ways. So maybe they have to play tack more. Um, Do you think Gruden had his pants down while he was uh, giving uh, Stafford a, a continual blowjobs all Monday night throughout that game? Uh, I don't know. And who's the other announcer? He's so boring. Sean McDonough. Sean McDonough. I like him. He's a good guy, but it's just like, and they're, they're not, like when he's saying something funny, it's still that monotone. It's like, God, bring back Tariko. Uh, <laughs> one of my buddies is texting me. He's like, he's like, when are they bringing back Dennis Miller? <laughs> Uh, fuck. Um, I think Amir Abdullah showed a lot of things last week. Uh, I think 
especially if Detroit can find a way to stay competitive in this game and not have to go with an aerial assault, which I don't know if is possible against this Atlanta team because they look like they're still firing on pretty much all cylinders. They're going to have to play in this domed environment in Detroit, so it should be another fast-track home game style for that. Uh, I'm liking Theo Riddick. I think Amir Abdullah's got some upside, but I, I like Riddick more this week. Um, you know, the rest, Dwayne Washington looks like their goal line back, just specialty back. Zach Zemmer's been inactive for the first couple weeks of the season. Um, pass catchers, Marvin Jones is like the only guy who's shown up uh, in terms of Kenny Britt, Mike Wallace, uh, Marvin Jones. You can get those all, those guys all in the same tier during the draft. He's the only one who's shown up this season. He's got two touchdowns. Who are the names again? I want to hear this. Marvin Jones, Kenny Britt, uh, Mike Wallace. Yep, yep, got it. Uh, only guy who's shown up so far is Marvin Jones. Yep. So um, I'm thinking he can continue. But the corners on Atlanta are fairly tough. Uh, Kenny Galladay, you know, had a, a sort of disappointing game, but now he's going to get tough outside corners again. Uh, just one one catch on three targets for Galladay last week against the Giants, no. and now you got another tough matchup against the Atlanta corners, uh, who like to play physical press coverage. Is he a guy who can step out immediately and beat press coverage in the NFL, you know, coming from Northern Illinois? Let's see. This is the week you're really going to see because they like to bump and run you in Atlanta. We saw it against Green Bay early before they sort of eased off the pedal. Um, so and then they yeah. eased off the pedal in Green Bay. It's like right away they almost snuck yep. back into that one. Um, well, Ebron had a touchdown. That's the first time he... Ebron's had a touchdown, including the wild card game of last year, and I know he missed a couple. He missed a few weeks earlier uh, last season, but that's his first time he's had a touchdown in 14 games. You got to be liking liking that, but it's it, it's been it's been a low low volume season for him so far. Without that touchdown, he's pretty much got under five fantasy points. I mean, he was very very involved against Green Bay. That's something we'll have to see if that continues. I think it will, because Galladay, he's got some tough cornerbacks. I guess the Giants, you mean? Yeah, no, uh, he's got some tough, uh, he's got some tough cornerback matchups coming up, and you know they're gonna need Ebron. But Atlanta's got some bad man jamas playing linebacker <laughs> and safety for them, so he he, I mean it is what it is, but uh, I, I like Ebron this week. I think he showed what we needed to see, and now with Galladay getting pressed all day, I'm a little bit worried about their outside receivers. I think Golden Tate's got a great matchup in the slot. Uh, Atlanta allows you know routes to be thrown underneath to two slot receivers, so Golden Tate looks good. Um, and Matthew Stafford's probably another back end QB one. There's there's a worry of them taking, like, they took the reins off uh, in the second half against the Giants. You will not be able to do that against the Atlanta Falcons because yeah. they will put up points. You cannot throw four passing attempts in the second half like you did against Eli and the Giants. Stafford, man, he's he looked pretty impressive. His, his escapability and, and making the, letting the play keep going. Yeah. He's he's really coming to his own. You gotta wonder if a guy like Megatron sitting there watching this team right now, like, hmm, 
I wish I was playing with these guys right now. Um, all right, I think we're good there. Uh, before we go to the next game, how about you do us a favor? Help us keep the lights on. Listen to this. Thank you very much. Next game we're going to talk about here is the Buccaneers are going um, to Minnesota to play against the Vikings. Good news today. Stag Party retweeted Pat Thorman's uh, announcement that it looks like uh, Bradford practiced today. Uh, so it should mean that he's probably going to be playing this week. And uh, if two games show that this team is, uh, this offense is one thing with Stafford and a whole different can of worms without him. So uh, anybody that owns uh, shares of Cook, shares of um, Dig, shares of Thielen, shares of Rudolph uh, is praying on their knees before they go to bed at night that Stafford's in the game on Sunday. Uh, yeah, Bradford. Um, I'd say Stafford. Sorry. Yeah, we're just adding that. But they are confusing names with the Ford at the end. And they, we just talked about Ford Field. There you um, go. Um, so, Jameis, like, this game probably is going to depend on if, if Bradford plays, right? On both sides. It's going to matter for a guy like James Winston. Are they going to have to keep the pedal to the metal uh, and throw the ball against the Minnesota defense? Or if the you know offense on the other side can't put up points, do you go with this ground and pound and 30, 35 rushing attempts to guys like Quiz Rogers, Peyton Barber, uh, you know Charles Sims? Do you just ground and pound all day, sort of like you did the Bears last week, because you know the other side cannot put up points against you? Um, and that's you know when we talked about the concerns for James Winston was when they were winning football games, they played a conservative style. Over the last eight games, uh, including you know week two, James Winston is QB 18 in fantasy scoring because they're going with a very conservative style. They don't want him turning it over. They're not allowing you know the 40 to 45 passing attempts that he had early last season. And now they're rating him back to the 30 to 35 range. If Bradford can play and the Vikings can put up 21 to 24 offensive points, then Bradford, then uh, James Winston's going to have to throw it a little more. So a lot of me playing Winston is going to depend on Bradford playing, if that sounds weird. Mm, okay. um, uh, but Winston's probably, a, you know, if I can afford to sit Winston against this defense. I'd like to do it. They can get after the quarterback. They are strong. We've got to see, you know, what um, this offense is against a pro team. That's not the Bears. Um, so this is going to be a real tough test. We're going to see who the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are. Uh, Mike Evans is going to get Xavier Rhodes. That that's a pretty tough tough matchup. You know, Xavier Rhodes is a big, fast dude. So if there's anybody and angry when he plays you, when you do anything on him, like he knocks you. I remember when I watch him. Whenever I watch him play, it's like he's just he's angry. He's kind of a dick out there. I'm I like sure. It. I love it, but I mean, sometimes it's almost like he comes close to being unsportsmanlike. He's like elbowing you, and like it's just he gets in your head, man. That guy's a big boy. Yeah. So 
I, I'm still playing Evans. I mean, you know, you draft him that highly for a reason. Uh, one in one game, uh, you know, he missed that first one with the hurricane. One game, he's already 26th wide receiver, head of guys like AJ Green. Um, so he just gets it done. He's already, gets, you know, he's basically you can count on eight, um, Evans for 10 to 15 fantasy points as their floor every week, in my opinion. Guy's just so good. Yeah, uh, Evans is good. Sean Jackson, you know, maybe they didn't need him last week, uh, but now he's. He's got to show it against, you know, the Minnesota Vikings. This could be a game where they need him a lot more and the targets are going to flow his way. Maybe he gets seven or eight targets this week. So I think Deshaun Jackson's a decent play. Once you get matched up on the second corner for Minnesota, there are some plays to be made. Uh, we know about Deshaun Jackson's vertical ability. The rest of the receivers on this team, we've got to see more, especially from the tight end position. They didn't really funnel targets that way. You know, just, what, six between O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray? And if they're splitting them evenly, it's like, okay, well, now I can't use any of these motherfuckers. <laughs> so we've really got to see this target distribution break up more and, and potentially when they have to throw the ball more. Um, you got anything else to say? Yeah, Jaquiz is probably just another strong RB2 slash flex play despite Minnesota's tough defense. Uh you know, just just with the opportunities that guy's seeing when they're in the game, like they're not taking it easy on Jaquiz Rogers just because he's small. They're giving him Doug Martin like workloads. Uh, he's short, but he's stout. Yeah, he's very MJDS. He's not that big. He's not. If he's not a bowling ball, he's a um, he's a bocce ball. <laughs> Let's go to the other side. The Vikings, as we said, Bradford looks like he's probably going to play. That's good times because uh, we'll, let's just start with uh, Diggs. Diggs went from all world. I'm pretty sure he was wide receiver one, one. Two, one in week one. Um, and then he went to zero land and didn't do squat uh, in, when he had uh, what's his name pulled thrown. So uh, I think the same thing you got to think about with Thielen. What do you uh, what do you what do you think can happen against these Buccaneers defense for either of these guys? Um, you know, judging by how good the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense looked last week, you know you can't judge them against that Bears offense. Yeah. They turned it over. They just made mistakes all over the field. The talent's not really there. They're down to fourth-string offensive linemen playing at the end of games, guys playing in different positions. Minnesota you know, is a much different animal. If Bradford is healthy, then Dalvin Cook looks like a strong start. Uh, you know, Playing against Tampa Bay, who is the team most rumored to be interested in drafting him. You know, playing against his former quarterback and Jameis Winston, going full on down narrative street with Dalvin Cook. Um, and then well, looking at the receivers, if Bradford's back in, how can you sit Diggs and Thielen? Like they're strong, you know, wide receiver two slash wide receiver three plays. Diggs, you know, with Bradford when healthy, has just torn it up. But, you know, an unhealthy Bradford is a much different story. Um, so overall, it depends if those guys are in. I think it also matters for Kyle Rudolph. If Bradford's in, I think you fire up the Minnesota Vikings like that offense you saw in week one, yeah. and you ignore week two. I completely agree. Uh, you want to move on? Yeah. Let's go to the Texans at the Patriots. 
Uh, looks like this is a tale of two teams in this one. The Vegas implied uh, point total for Houston is 14.5. Well, it's 29 for New England. Uh, Tom Brady, obviously. Well, let's start with the Texans. So, um, Lamar Miller. Is is it about to be a committee there um, with with I mean, like, I mean, Tonka? They looked like a committee last week. So is this a 50-50? Is this a 60-40? No, it's a 60-40 towards Miller. <laughs> Miller Miller is still getting probably 60% of rushing attempts. Uh, Miller got the volume. He's the better receiver. He's the better pass blocker. So Miller's going to be on the field a lot more in terms of snaps. But when Foreman's in the game, they're going to give him rushing opportunities. Uh I, I think they're going to want to protect Deshaun Watson. They're going to want to run some zone read wrinkles, and they're going to want to run the ball a lot with these two guys. So I think there's work to go around, especially when you have no tight ends to speak of, and you're running seven offensive linemen sets because you don't have a tight end you know, that you didn't just sign off the practice squad. Um, and by receiver, they've got nothing. I mean, besides DeAndre Hopkins, who's seen 50% of the targets for this team. 29 on the season to lead all, all receivers. Start. But of those, he's, he's, got, he's got only 18 fantasy points, 19 fantasy points. So, of all these targets he's getting, they're not turning into much. Don't worry about it. You're fine. Tar- targets are king. Yeah, I agree. So, I'm, I'm in that boat. So, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson made one big play. Let's, it was a 49-yard rushing touchdown, so that's 10.9 fantasy points, right? Yeah. Uh, he scored, what, 17.7? So he had seven pana- fantasy points th- through the rest of the game on the ground and through the air. I'm concerned about him against the Patriots. They looked back on defense uh, you know, early in that game. And this is a division, uh, uh, sort of conference game that we saw last year during the playoffs. To where, you know, Bill likes to give it to Bill O'Brien a little bit. So that's something that's going to be, you know, in their heads. And the Texans, uh, you know, what, stomped them during the regular season and shut them out. And then suddenly the playoffs came and Tom Brady was back and they just stepped on some throats. So I expect Tom Brady to be good. Uh, I expect Brandon Cooks to have another game. Um, you know, he really got shut down last week by uh, a fast corner, but now the corner for the Texans. Can they keep up with Brandon Cooks? I think this is a game where he could, you know, sort of go off. I think Hogan's another strong play. Uh, I wonder about Rob Gronkowski, how healthy he is. They're saying about his groin. If he plays, it's probably on a snap count, but I still think you play him. Yeah, you're playing yeah. Gronkowski for sure. I, I think I think he, it, it, he's all he's saying it's not bad, uh, but it's never good when Gronkowski's getting hurt with that history that he's got um, and the groin. It's just a, it's not doesn't sound like a good injury spot to me whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, you're, if you're starting, think about this: Gronkowski is is hurt. Greg Olson out with a broken foot. Tyler Eifert's been banged up and has been sucking. I don't. I think he's got zero fantasy points. Uh, Jordan Reed's got a broken toe, and now he's got his a, a, a chest injury. Um, those are essentially, and, and you, Jimmy Graham has got what nine two, yards, nine yards on the season. Think about that. That's the top five tight ends. Oh, uh, besides uh, Kelsey, who's the guy that I got to really think of. Um, but those guys are the top six tight ends. Think about that, man. This position is 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 in, is in disarray. 
Yeah. That's at the top end of it. I mean, even at the bottom end, you could just look at scoring at the tight end position. Which of these guys do you feel comfortable with starting? We saw Martellus Bennett, you know, getting a boatload of targets, but dropping everything, not coming down with anything. I mean, the he didn't get anything until like the second half. Like second half. No, he was very involved early in the game. He just dropped. Like he had five targets in the first half. Just didn't haul anything in. So you're looking at Jason Witten, who's kept to consistency, what has two touchdowns. Through the first two weeks, he's like, the number one tight end right now, right? Yeah, uh, Gronk's number two, but then Kobe Fleener is out there, and he only he doesn't even have a hundred yards receiving yet, but he has two touchdowns. Travis Kelsey's out there, Delaney Walker. So I think there's maybe three tight ends that you can really, really trust, and that's like Kelsey, Walker, and Ertz. Uh, Gronk, you're trusting. You know, just because he's Gronk, and it doesn't even matter if he's healthy, because the other guys after him, Jesse James, Evan Ingram, Charles Clay, Gerald Everett, Kyle Rudolph, Jack Doyle, Virgil Green, mm. what? Eric Ebron, David Njoku, Seth DeVal, Ben Watson, Martellus Bennett. Like, are any of these guys inspiring confidence when you slot them into your lineup? No. You, you just have, with all these guys, you sort of just have to play matchups. Yeah. Uh, because... There's no solidified guys at this position healthy right now. Couldn't you see a situation because the Patriots are going to f- just destroy Houston and Gronk is hurt uh, that they're just going to kind of take it easy on him? Get yeah. him going there, see what he's got, but just be like, you know what? We got this, buddy. We've won Super they, Bowls without you. They've let's done not, it before. Yeah, let's not let's not get this thing better. Let's let's treat this like a bye week for you. We're gonna beat this team with or without you. So uh, just just let that groin heal a little bit. I could see that happening, and that's one of the the facts, the factors of owning Gronk, and that's something you always have to be a little bit concerned for. But luckily, this is a one p.m. game, so you will have options. Good point. Should uh, he you know be a late inactive? But I don't think they're going to announce anything before an hour and a half before the game. That's not a Bill Belichick type move. Um, They're not going to tell you he's going to miss. So if you own Gronk, maybe make those make make a plan ahead of time. Who who are you targeting if he is to be named inactive? So we were out together for a birthday party, Stags and I, for uh, uh, a buddy of ours and. um, I had to wake up early because Daisy woke me up and I was just so fucking hungover. It was unbelievable. But then I went back and kind of took a little bit of a, a about a 11 p.m. nap and didn't wake up for the games until about, what, 10 minutes into them. Brady, I check out my score. Brady has three touchdowns in the first 10 minutes of the frigging game. I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. Kind of just kind of petered off there, but Brady right now has got uh, he's 714 passing yards through two games. He's on pace. I know it won't happen, but I like these I like these kind of early season if he goes at this pace. He'll throw for 5,744 yards. Can he do it? Can Brady get five? <laughs> Imagine if he had Edelman, man. He, may, he might be at the six, he might be able to hit 6,000. What do obviously you're starting uh, Brady in this situation? What are your thoughts on Gillisley or any of those other uh, Burkhead or whatnot? Gillisley's getting kind of basically look. He's obviously their touchdown guy, but other than that, um, he's getting some carries, but he needs he's touchdown or bust for a a nice outing, don't you think? Uh, I think he's a little bit more than a touchdown or bust. If we think the Patriots are going to smoke the Texans, then you like Mike Gillisley. Because he's also seen, what, 
10 of the 12 Patriot carries in the fourth quarter over two games. So if we think they're up, Gill sees the man in the yeah. fourth quarter. We know the blunt roll is what it is. It's touchdowns, and it's salting the clock away late in games. So if we think they're going to be in a position to have a sort of commanding lead, you like Gillislee and you play him. Uh, also, I mean, um, the Texans have allowed 205 rushing yards over the first two games of the season. We saw Leonard Fournette go for 100 yards rushing and a touchdown, and you know you gotta like that fact. Uh, I mean, even Chris Ivory had 42 yards on nine carries in that game. If Cincinnati could have gotten anything done in the run game on Thursday night, you know maybe they could have been more effective. But Joe Mixon, you know Gio Bernard, Jeremy Hill, they they combined for some touches but didn't really get it done. Um, but yeah, I think Gillis leads the play. Uh, Rex Burkhead, you know, he was injured in that game and didn't really play anymore, but he's playing sort of the multifaceted role where he's the backup to James White, he's the backup to Mike Gillisley, and, you know, he's also playing a lot of special teams for them. He's playing a little bit of slot. Is Danny Amendola going to be back? Uh, all these guys, you know, I'm, I'm starting White if I have him in a PPR league. He's just been too good not to. They always throw it to their running backs. Uh, and even though Houston's hasn't allowed that many uh, receptions to running backs, it, it's something that, you know, you got to stick with. James White just knows where those open holes are. Yeah, no, I agree. It's uh, it's pretty impressive what they're doing. Uh, interesting that Gillespie doesn't have any targets or catches on the season, where he's actually he's not a terrible receiver, is he? I think he's a terrible receiver. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, I think we pretty much covered everyone that we need to in that game, right? Yep. All right, let's go on to the uh, Seahawks at the Titans. Um, basically, the Seahawks blow at the beginning of every season, right at... I thought they would look so good in the preseason. Like it just looked like mid. It looked like that week ten where um, you know what's his name um, Russell Wilson gets going. They just looked so good. I, I, it's almost like they were reading their own press. Uh, you just thought that of, of any team, I thought that was just going to start out and be be good right out of the gates. It was almost them, uh, and it just hasn't been the case. They've been. Uh, they've been pretty terrible. So um, let's just start. I'll just start off by throwing out Dougie Baldwin. Um, what do you think he, he can do in this game? He's obviously um, has started out pretty pedestrian so far. Obviously, no touchdowns, but um, is, but, he, is this the game where Dougie gets going? Because I know a lot of owners, and we've gotten some questions on over uh, Facebook and Twitter, um, and even a second opinion, I think, just like. Fuck, I drafted this guy in the third round. Am I fucked? Doug Baldwin is one of the highest variance receivers. He's got the highest of highs for the lowest of lows. So you have to account for that. That's why that was the problem I had with locking him in as a wide receiver one in rankings. Like, I don't want to lock him into my wide receiver one spot in a league because he can have three for 40s. And he can have four for 40s and five He's been here five for 50s so far this season, essentially. Now he needs to add that six for 127 and two touchdowns. Yeah. The Titans do sort of present that matchup. We saw Amari Cooper get loose 
uh, with multiple red zone opportunities against the Titans in week one. So I, I like Doug Baldwin this week. I'm not going away. He's just a guy you have to stick into your lineup because once you sit him, he's going to be the guy who blows up on your bench. <laughs> I mean, and I'm sorry to tell you that. No, it true. just sort of is what it is. And you're not going to sit him. You, at this point, it's not like years, years, three years ago, four years ago, when you were able to get him in, a, in the seventh or eighth round. You, you probably had to pay up for him. Uh, but You could even pick Doug Baldwin up off the waiver wire before his 2015 true, end of true. season blow-up. True. Well, let's not make this guy out like he's... The god amongst all wide receivers, like some people do. Yeah. I mean, he's high variance. He's a big touchdown guy in this offense. He can make long strike plays, but he's also got some of the best hands in the league. He can make sideline catches. He can do everything you want to do. It's just overall, the targets don't seem to flow to him on a weekly basis. He can get phased out of games. I don't think the Titans are a team that can do that. Uh, Paul Richardson has been their best receiver in terms of scoring so far. Uh, I think Richardson's going to continue to be a big cog in this wheel. Um, But there's nothing that concerns me against the Tennessee Titans in their backfield. And Tennessee has been one of those tough teams against running backs uh, over the first two weeks. And last season, they allowed the uh, second fewest fantasy points to the position. uh, against wide receivers, they are they can get blown up. They've allowed three posi- three touchdowns to the position so far. We've seen Amari Cooper, Seth Roberts, and Alan Hearns all score touchdowns against them. They've had three receivers over seventy six yards uh, so far this season, and you know, Oakland didn't really need to throw all that much in that game. If C- but the problem is now we're talking about Seattle, or we're talking outdoor, or we talking about on grass again. We talked about this a few weeks ago with them scoring, you know, under ten points in their last five games on grass. Uh, that's a concern, but I, I'm not worried about it. I think Chris Carson provides a new element. It looks like Thomas Rawls sort of fell behind Carson in that game. He was so much more effective. Um, he, he's just got that burst. I agree. He looks the part like so nobody's business. Um, love love what I see when I do with that guy. So basically, uh, he leads running backs on Seahawks uh, yards from scrimmage for, on the season, 149 yards. C.J. Procise has 33, and he's in second place. It seems like I think Lacey is either just going to be a bench warmer or they might even get cut. He's got five carries for three yards. Um and he had no he was a healthy scratch last week. And then you thought Rawls was gonna come back, be healthy, and he had five carries for four yards. So it, it looks like let's be honest, um, their coach is not an idiot, Carroll, and he sees what we see. Uh, I think when you get those two when you got uh, get these opportunities, it's just gonna be going in one direction. And uh, for me I'm thinking Chris Carson is uh, just gonna keep on getting more opportunity. He's and if he can get something done with him, I mean this job is Pretty much in my eyes, as the lead back is kind of already his if he can stay healthy. That was an issue with him, though, in college. I think Oklahoma State or whatever, he went, went with Barry or Sanders one. He was always banged up, and that's why he was available, what, in the sixth round or whatever. I mean, he's, he's got that pro build, but he's, he wasn't able to stay healthy in college. So hopefully uh, his pro life is a different story. But, man, I like looking at that guy run. Yeah, I mean, Carson's looked like the most effective, but... Uh... I mean, 
I don't know how much stock I could take into one game. And against Tennessee, that's pretty stout up front. It is a little bit worrisome. Carson, you know, almost one of the last picks of the draft uh, in the seventh round. Yep. How, how much three picks away from Mr. Irrelevant? Control. How much stock are you putting in one game? Like I need to see a little bit more before I can slot him into a starting lineup. But I think he should be owned in 100 percent of leagues right now. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm in rookie. I'm in rookie league, yeah, so okay. I, 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 I I play. I've, I've gotten shares in him in those. So, uh, but I I also know that they've been looking for. Uh, Beast Mode 2 since Beast Mode left. We're all said some moments, but he obviously can't. His body can't. And they've been looking for it, and if they found it, I think they're going to pound it and it, it just keep on giving him the ball. But I, I'm with you. I just think that team loves to run the ball and needs a guy. They need the guy that's just like the figurehead instead of some sort of committee. And um, if Carson's the guy, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not um, saying that may, he might not be, but if he is the guy, then uh, it, it could be uh, could oh, be yeah. times ahead. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, Pro Size looks like the pass catching back, but Carson sure. can do a little bit of that. So maybe that limits Pro Size even more. Uh, but Thomas Rawls looked completely ineffective. Eddie Lacy was inactive. Um, I, the only real player to talk about still is Jimmy Graham. Can he get it back? I mean, we talked about nine yards receiving. He's getting, you know, a decent amount of targets, but he's seemingly dropping everything. Um, what can we really expect from Jimmy Graham going forward? Can you start him with conviction this week? Remember last year, he started with, uh, he had four catches for 53 yards in the first two games. And the one issue that, so he, this is kind of his MO, but the issue right now with him is he's, He's banged up too. He's got knee and ankle issues right now, so that's what worries me mostly about him. Is he's double injured? Uh, I think he's been out all week, just kind of nursing it. So he's a gamer. He'll probably go, but uh, damn, he's, he, you don't want to see this guy injured. And uh, I'm not as concerned about the, 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 the slow start. It seems like this is kind of what he does. Yeah, the Titans did allow 11 receiving touchdowns to tight ends last season. So maybe if this is a game where he could find his way into the red zone against one of these linebackers that he scores, uh, boost his fantasy points a little bit. Food for thought. On those three games, two games last year where, where um, Jimmy Graham started, like I said, four catches, 53 yards. The next six games, he went 34 for 492 and um, three touchdowns. So he went on like kind of a, a mini tear. So barring injury, maybe... He's the kind of guy that kind of demands the ball, and, and when he's not getting it, kind of starts complaining, and they start getting him the ball. Uh, so that could be uh, that could be ahead of uh, for Jimmy Graham. Should we move over to the Titans side of the ball? Yeah. So Titans against the Seahawks. Is Demarco Murray a plan, or is he like really? Uh, he's got a hamstring, right? Yeah, he's got a hamstring. That's an issue. I mean, um, right now it looks like if Demarco Murray were to play. He sort of would be that limited role. Hey, play 20 snaps. Play play as the passing down compliment to Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry could be in line for a big workload this week. I think. Can he do anything against the Seahawks? I mean, they've got a bad mamma jamma offensive line, or defensive line. That offensive line for the Titans, though, is yeah. fairly strong. Uh, and 
Henry's one of those guys that can just make things happen at you know after contact. He's if if Maurice Jones Jew is a bowling ball, is he a cannonball? Is cannonball bigger? No, no cannonball is probably smaller than he's. A, he's a wrecking ball. Uh, okay. He's a wrecking ball because that guy like a wrecking ball. I've got nude imagery of Silas or <laughs> Cyrus on a wrecking ball right now. It's actually not that bad. <sighs> so. You know, I I could start Derrick Henry this week as a running back too. Uh, Demarco, I'd probably if I owned him and you know reports were all great. I guess you have to. It depends who your other options are, and all honestly, but I wouldn't be running to my lineups to insert Demarco Murray into them right now, especially in things like DFS. If Murray's out and Derrick Hen- and you have Derrick Henry and as I said earlier. Um, jo- oh, I'm asking for a friend. Jo- uh, Javoris, Buck Allen. Uh, who'd you play, Allen or, or Henry? Okay. Um, cool. Well, that's I think that's interesting. So if Derek and Henry can get it done against the Seahawks, uh, I do like their offensive line. He's a man child. Uh, that would be a, a good showing for him moving forward. Corey Davis injured again. He's got already been ruled out. Oh gosh. Um, that's that's that sucks. So what else do you see happening in this game? Is this a bad game for our boy Mariota? Ah, uh, yeah, probably a little bit. But Mariota seems to raise his play against tougher defenses. Uh, when he plays tougher defenses, he seems to step up that level. Uh, but if I had another option, and it depends how good the other option is, all the time, you know, when you're playing quarterbacks, you always take the best option, take the best matchup. Uh, and, and just go from there. Because we saw, you know, Aaron Rodgers have a slow start against the Seahawks defense. We saw, you know, they played last week, San Francisco. Yeah. We saw Brian Hoyer get nothing done against the Seahawks nothing. defense. Um, so Still almost won. You know, if I'm a Mariota owner, it really depends who the other option is. Like, he's a back-end QB1, probably. Um the other, let's say the other option is um, <laughs> Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I'd probably go Kirk. Yeah, I think I have to. Um, or my friend is. Uh, what I'm else? Very good at this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm great. I'm, this is why. I mean, this is one why I don't cheat on my girlfriends, and uh, I never. I'm not like a thief or anything. Cause I'm the worst liar ever. Like, where, where were you the night of? I did it. <laughs> So, I, I think the best plays are Delaney Walker and Eric Decker, those guys playing out of the slot, uh, playing underneath, and who aren't playing against Richard Sherman. Yeah. So, uh, Seattle allows that underneath catch to be had, so Decker could be a guy who gets that, and then probably gets demolished by Cam Chancellor over the middle, but I still get fantasy points when he catches the ball, yeah. so that's going to be nice. Um, Which is nice. Overall... Yeah, I'm not bullish on any of the Titans. I'm never bullish on anybody playing the Seahawks. Yeah, it's good. But the, the soft tissue Titans are not a good matchup for any of them. Uh, we got anything else we want to talk about? Delaney Walker is a strong play just because of, you know, how many other tight ends can you trust? Cool. Let's go over to the next game, Cincinnati Bengals. at. Um, actually, before we do that, at the Packers, before we do that, do us a favor. Listen to these ads. All right, the Bengals at the Packers. We'll start with the Bengals. 
Um, good God, AJ, this this whole team uh, looks looks in disarray. I mean, to get from the start, they fired their offensive coordinator Ken Zankese, replaced him with Bill Lazor, who works with Chip Kelly, who works with the guys down in Miami, worked with Joe Philbin. Um, so there's going to be a change in offensive coordinators. And that's the main thing you're sort of looking for for optimism. I think now is probably a good time to acquire A.J. Green just because I think they're going to have to force the ball to this guy. They don't have very many other playmakers. Uh, Tyler Eifert's banged up. You know, John Ross has done little at the NFL level and got benched for a fumble, stupidly, when coach coaches benched their first-round pick for a fumble. It's dumb. Um <laughs> Overall, like Tyler Eifert being banged up, you're not very high on Andy Dalton. But if there's a matchup you're looking to get into, um, you could definitely see it potentially happening here against the Packers with their pass defense. But the Packers might just, you know, go blitz crazy against this team. You know, they run a lot of different disguise coverage. Uh, and disguise blitzes, zone blitzes. They like to bring the heat from all different layers of their defense. And with the current offensive line play uh, of Cincinnati, that's the scary part. But I, I'd probably avoid Dalton, play A.J. Green all day. Um, and, you know, maybe this is the time to buy low on Mixon. If, you know, people paid a third or a fourth round price tag for this mm-hmm. guy, and he's done nothing. But if you're a new offensive coordinator, you've got to see what these backs have and then play the best one, or yeah. else you're going to be out of a job. You've got um, no loyalty to uh, to a Geo or a Hill at this point. Yeah, no, you got to play the best guy. Uh, Mixon next definitely looked like the best, uh, best guy on film. He was explosive, got around the end, um, and... You know, with their state of the offensive line, he looks like the guy who's got the best opportunity to make explosive plays out of that backfield. Uh, I still think Gio's going to be very involved, but he's not somebody like if you own Gio right now, how comfortable are you with starting him? You're not. He's like a depth piece. Yeah. Um. Well, an interesting. Uh, eh, I don't. We don't need to talk about it. I'm nervously awaiting a uh, an AJ Green performance. So hopefully. Uh, Lasers willing to uh, kind of figure it out and force the fucker to uh, to him and the thing and is make he looks look so like an NFL quarterback again. Like AJ Green looks absolutely fine. The targets just aren't really flowing his way. Um, I mean, what what's he got through the first two games in terms of targets? He's got 18 targets. So while it looks like they are flowing his way a little bit, there's so much room for more, and they just seem to disappear. He, like they disappear targets to the guy to this guy in halves oh, or or in quarters and they just oh hey like we said last week oh you lost your two best cornerbacks let's just take AJ Green uh, out of out of the play and not th- and not throw him the wall it's ridiculous um, all right let's uh, let's move over to unless you got anything else to say on the Bengals I think nope. so wait and see. Uh, Packers defense is, is looking better than uh, than they have in a while. So Packers side of the ball, Jordy's uh, out, missed most of the game last week, but it appears he's uh, practicing. He's going to be playing this week. That's good news for uh, Jordy owners. That was uh, when it first happened. I thought it was a knee, not a, uh, a quad or a hamstring, whatever he had. But um, 
thigh issue, but it looked, that's good news. It so. looked like the quad, man. He just pulled up leather and he was done. Um, so there, he's already practicing ahead of this game. So it looks like he'll be out there. Yep. If Jordy's out there, I think you're starting him in the lineup against Cincinnati. Uh, you know, Devontae Adams, you're probably starting as well after that big week. Uh, Randall Cobb's in consideration. Ty Montgomery's a lock. Like, Aaron Rodgers is a lock. Uh, I don't really think there's anybody to fade. Uh, maybe it's Martellus Bennett just because of, he seems to have the dropsies right now, but the targets are going his way. So, if he's if you've got room to wait and see, Martellus Bennett is a guy you could wait and see on. Um, is he a buy-low candidate? I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. I could, I've heard people questioning to drop him, so if he's available in your league, you know, think about that. Um, you look at Cincinnati's numbers against QBs, and they've allowed, what, 246 passing yards through two games? But let's remember who these guys have played. Joe Flacco, nine completions. Deshaun Watson, 15 completions. Um, just one touchdown on the ground. Um the num- they're not that good on defense. Aaron Rodgers should be able to just light them up. Light them up at at home. At home, Green Bay always play. Yep, and that is uh, that's this is the first. Oh no, what, this is the second of the late games. Um, Cobb uh, shoulder issue and now a chest issue. So is he? Uh, this is he was looking great. Um, I mean, he's got 22 targets through two games. Now he's yeah. banged up, which sucks for for yeah. job owners. I mean, he just if he's healthy, you play him. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Cool. Well, I think we're good on that game, right? Yeah. All right. Let's go over and uh, check out the Chiefs at the Chargers. This is uh, the third of three uh, afternoon games on Sunday. Um, Oh my god, NFL, why do you only have three <laughs> afternoon games? You can't put two more afternoon games there? That was, that's that was a grumpy that, Houdini. That was, that was your Houdini. Houdini's eating matzo ball soup right now and mm. pr- probably saying oy vey. Uh, oy vey, we were, we were, number, were number one in, in rankings on the heat index. Uh, he's having fun. Yeah, he does say that every time. Uh, he always his complaint on Sunday was, "Oh my God, this the red zone is terrible on cable." <laughs> it is. They just talk around in circles. He's like, "We're we're gonna go here uh, for a live look at Atlanta and the uh, pa- Packers, which was technically a night game, but let me go on with my joke. Uh, uh, we're gonna go here. Oh no, no, no! Wait, we're actually gonna go here for th- for this field goal." Oh, okay. Can Thanks. you imagine me and Houdini's wife in the other room, like, change to another game! You've been on this game for five minutes! <laughs> I don't care about this drive! I have no fantasy players on this team! Exactly. Honey, I'm going shopping! Okay! Um, Alright, let's go to Chiefs. Uh, Hunt, is he going to be able to keep this up? I mean, keep up 30 fantasy points a game? <laughs> no. Five TDs, three on the ground, three and two in the air. Yeah, leads the league in rushing. Good God, what I don't think he's gonna be able to keep all that up. No, that run though, that it, his it, last it, touchdown was friggin' unbelievable. Yeah, it, is he locked in for a big role? I mean, he had one hundred percent of the backfield touches, right? Sharkhandrick Russ did not have a carry. 
Like, the guy's locked in for everything we thought he'd be and more. And more. Like, uh, he's a top five option on a weekly basis. Uh, if you want to get him, you got to pay up for him. you got to spend, okay. you got to trade your first round pick to get him. No one's uh, trading that guy right and, now. But, and nobody's trading that guy. How do you get equal value? I mean, in Dynasty, I can see divesting. Have you seen the best you're ever going to see? Probably, but... If he's going to see 20 to 25 touches a week in an Andy Reid offense and he's a dominant receiver, like, where else are you going to get back that value? You're always going to be looking to acquire a back like that, you know? And for for the long term, his outlook looks good. Spencer Ware was in the last year of a two-year contract that he signed. You know, Sharkhandic West signed an uh, identical deal. So he's the running back going forward. He's like everything you want in Dynasty, so it's hard to divest there. Uh, You're starting Kelsey for the reasons we talked about earlier in the show. Right now, he's the healthiest uh, elite tier one tight end around, and uh, he had a had a had a nice game. That touchdown it was great, and uh, you're just playing him. I don't care what what what, what, if the Chargers were the best uh, defense in the league against tight ends. Uh, you still, you're still, you're, you're on. Yeah, you probably don't have another option. Um, let's talk about uh, Tyreek Hill. Um, he's. Let me. I'm gonna check this out. Go yeah, Tyreek Hill had a dominant week one. He had a, you know, serviceable week two. Uh, not much to write home about. Uh, saw six targets, four catches for 43 yards. Had just one rushing attempt. Uh, but they were also. You know, winning that game uh, for a majority. Did you need to take that deep strike? How much attention were they playing to that deep strike uh, ability of Tyreek Hill? He's not going to be able to break one every week, but when he's seeing six targets in his down weeks, you could see the upside for more. Yeah. Um, and I think they'll, you know, try to get him the ball any way they can. He's a major cog in their offense. Uh, against the Chargers, uh, maybe it depends a little bit on the activity of Jason Verrett, but he still looks banged up coming back from that ACL he had last year. He sat out last week. Um, overall, though, you're, you're starting him. You're probably avoiding everybody else on this team. You start Hunt, you start Kelsey, you start uh, Tyreek Hill. Can you start Alex Smith? I mean, I think right now he's, he, 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 yeah, I think he got until it's until it slows up. The guy looks like a man on a mission. It's hard to hard to kind of put your finger on what's happening there, but I think just confidence, maybe just anger on the on the Mahomes pick. But it looks like the guys um, until he's. I, I don't think the Chargers, who in the Pyro FF uh, rankings are. Um, 28th against the quarterback position. Uh, I'm not worried about a uh, an Alex Smith um, against that defense. Through two games, like let's talk about how they're there. So through two games, this is what they allowed to Trevor Simeon: 17 uh, of 28 for 219, two touchdowns, one interception, and he rushed for that one touchdown to talk about. And that against Jay Cutler. 24 of 33 for 230 yards, one touchdown. Like, they are just giving it up to quarterbacks. Uh, but Kansas City, you know, is this another Alex Smith-type game where his yards come back, you know, to 
where they typically are. Is it another 225-yard passing game for two touchdowns with no picks? And he plays a decent game. Yeah, I can see that. I can see him having 18 fantasy points and, and just being okay. Yep. Does he have the upside to throw for that, what, 400-yard game again? Um that, that's the major question. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be an explosive play. By I mean, the reason I, that happened week one is not just because of Tyree Kill, but the long bomb that was just ridiculous, like seventy uh, yard to the hunt. Uh, yeah. And how many times is that going to happen this season? Not as many as, as uh, on the ground. I mean, like Alex Smith is fine. Like he's he's fine. He's not great. I don't think. Like if you have the other options, like okay, Mariota or Alex Smith, who would you rather have this week? Alex Smith. Okay. And I, I, I Alex, I'd still play Marriott over him. You'd still, you'd still play Marriott over him? I, I just, I just right now, and I, I like Marriott over him, but just right now, until this thing, it's sizzling hot right now, until this thing kind of does cool down, and it's going to happen, I'm with you. Until it does, I'm willing to kind of ride the, ride the fire on it. Um, but, yeah, in all honesty, uh, we'll see. Uh, anyway, let's, uh, I think we're good on this matchup, don't you? Let's go to the Chargers side Chargers of the ball. Chargers side of the ball. Well, so Keenan Allen's locked in. And, you know, he's probably going to avoid one of the better corners in football, Marcus Peters, because he lines up in the slot so often. Uh, if you're Tyrell Williams, you know, you move between the right and the left side, so you're going to avoid him a little bit. Travis Benjamin's the guy who plays the most on that side, it feels like. They also mixed in Dontrell Inman with Travis Benjamin. So that's the real guy you probably want to avoid. They play on that right side. Uh, but Tyrell, you know, he's had a decent start to the season. Nobody's been, like, the wide receiver position just hasn't set the world on fire. Like, offenses haven't just set the world on fire so far. It's been a weird, weird two weeks. Um, yeah, there's a good... Uh, uh, Lord Reeves, uh, Rich uh, Highbar did a tweet uh, yesterday or so, uh, comparing uh, the first two game passing touchdowns for the, through the first two weeks of the season, and obviously, and this includes the Bucks and Dolphins missing a game. This year, the two games were 72 passing touchdowns. Last year, there was 98. So there alone. From this year to last year, you're down uh, 26 touchdowns through two games. And then 2015, there was 109. Yep. So that's that's literally 37 touchdowns that were down from two seasons ago on passing touchdowns. That is That, that just shows you uh, how down the, the, the wide receivers and the passing uh, scoring is. Yeah. Uh, rushing touchdowns look like they're... Probably up a little bit, mm-hmm. but we saw that last year. And teams are becoming smarter and smarter. They spread you out in the red zone, and then they run the ball because yep. that's what they should do. It's one of the most effective plays. Uh, so Melvin Gordon's been a proponent of that. They're running spread down on the goal line in the red zone. They're going, you know, four wide, or going, you know, with the eleven personnel three receivers, a tight end, and Melvin Gordon, and he's running out of the shotgun, Um, and it's just very effective, so I I like Gordon this week, you know, Kansas City, if they're going to continue to put up points, the Chargers are going to be the team uh, that's going to have to keep up, and the Chargers are always, always, always playing close games. So I'm liking the Chargers if I... And then losing them in heartbreakers at the end. 
I mean, even Rivers, I think, is a pretty good start. I mean, we saw what you know Tom Brady was allowed to do in terms of yardage. We saw Carson Wentz have another big yardage game. So this could be a game where Phillip Rivers sort of goes off, and he's been you know pretty consistent to start the season. So you know, without Eric Berry, they're they're allowing 600 passing yards through two games, um, and. You know, both touchdowns went to Carson Wentz last week. But they can pick the ball off. Phillip Rivers uh, has shown propensity to give up uh, some interceptions. And that's the that's the real concerning part if you're a Chargers fan, which I'm not sure if any of them exist anymore. Do you see that? First time they ever play in their new as in L.A., uh, that stadium, which is a soccer stadium, was like 60% filled. Oh yeah, that's where do you think the joke came from? No, oh, I, I know, but I think it's it's just it's it's ridiculous. That's bad news for uh, for facing the owner's name of that team. But um, Spanos, yeah, Spanos. Why, Spanos, why would you? Yeah, he's got to be shitting his pants. Uh, he thinks all of a sudden, just when that new stadium that's enormous opens, that all of a sudden they're going to be filling that thing. That's problematic. Um, anything else? Uh, I think we covered. Oh, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry got back last week. That he looked very involved uh, against Kansas City. We don't really know who they are against tight ends just yet. Uh, Eric Berry was one of the best coverage safeties against that position, and used as a matchup nightmare uh, against tight ends. I don't think they're going to be awful against the position this season, but. Are they a middle-of-the-pack defensive team against tight ends? I can see that being plausible. So I, I like Hunter Henry, and I think their offense played better last week than it did in week one, getting that guy involved. Gates has that record yeah, now. Is he sailing off into the sunset? Or are they going to keep using him on third down, short yardage situations, and in the red zone? Because that's something I can definitely see happening as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you're going to start seeing the keys and a little bit more to Henry. It's already happened last week, but um, we'll see. Hopefully, Hunter, Hunter Henry looks like a, a good player, so hopefully they get they keep on getting the ball. That, at this point, the Chargers just need some victories. You know, they just got to win, and uh, we'll see. Um, I mean, they've got a division game this week. It's very, very important. Yeah, very important. Um, all right, let's uh, move on to uh, the next game, but before we do so, do me a favor, listen to this. Thank you for that. All right, uh, Football in America, Night in America on um, NBC, Sunday night, Raiders are going to be going to Washington to play the Redskins. Um uh, let's just start. You know, I think the biggest thing right now that is uh, Carr is a is one of those top two uh, top positional week guys. He's had two of them so far. Um, you got to be liking uh, what you see out of him uh, through two games. Uh, is he going to have a good game in uh, in this matchup against the Redskins? Yeah, I, I don't think the Redskins are a scary defense. I think Josh Norman's a good player. Uh, besides that, I don't know if they have anybody that scares you yeah. uh, on defense. I mean, they can get a little bit of pressure. They can play uh, a run-stuffing style. Uh, but, you know, when you have Amari Cooper and you have uh, Jared Cook along with, you know, Michael Crabtree who, you know, showed a crazy ability to go up and get it last week, uh, things are looking good for you. But, 
you know, out of the slot. Um, and so out of the slot, Cooper Cup led the team in receiving yards for the Rams last week. Nelson Aguilar did it for them in week one. Uh, who is there guys Cooper going to play out of the slot? Are they going to play Seth Roberts there? Are they going to play Jared Cook there? And this is pretty important because Washington also sort of gave it up to the tight end position, allowing what? Um, two players so far in the season, over 90 receiving yards in Gerald Everett and Zach Ertz. Wow. And they've allowed over 100 uh, yards per game to tight ends in the first two games of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Jared Cook's an interesting play. Like it. Um, but, you know, Cooper's probably more likely to get the Josh Norman shadow treatment, and usually that means Michael Crabtree goes off. But I don't see, with his usage so far, how you could comfortably sit Cooper. Yeah. Um, he's, he's been dropping the ball. He leads the league with drops. But other than that, um, I agree with you. Yes. Yeah, his Crabtree, usage is great. Crabtree's the number one receiver right now, which is not crazy. Uh, but he's just, like nah, I said. pretty crazy. He, he's, just, he's just so good. Um, but it's easy to be r- real good when, that, when the main guy goes and grabs uh, Cooper in each outing. But... Um, yeah, Cooper's got to touch up those drops. I remember a couple of years ago he was a dropping machine. He did. Uh, I think he's actually. I think I read somewhere that he's got as many drops this season as he did all of last year yeah. already. Yep, and he had 15 in his rookie year, five last year, and he's already got five this season. <laughs> the next closest player this season has been reported with two drops. Ooh. But drops aren't everything. Yeah, Drops just mean, hey, guy, and whoever's charting drops always varies. So remember that end zone target he got week one that was deflected, uh, and he didn't catch some people count as a drop, some people yeah. don't. Uh, so they're a little bit subjective. They're Makes not sense. the end-all, be-all. But Cooper's usage is encouraging. Uh, I mean, you're a little bit worried about shadow coverage from Norman, so maybe just adjust your expectations. But maybe, hey, maybe they're like, hey, Mike Crabtree's got three touchdowns yeah. this season. Maybe he has to split his time. Makes sense. Um, all right, uh, running back situation, and uh, then I think we can move to the other side of the ball. I mean, Marshawn Lynch has looked great, but as we talked about, the overall number of opportunities are just limited. It's a 50-25-25 split. We saw Jalen Rashard be the guy to sort of get it going. Uh, Through two games, uh, what? Um, Through two games, Marshawn Lynch has 30 carries, four targets, and just two catches. Uh, just one touchdown is the thing. We thought he could be able to get in a couple gimmies last week. He wasn't able to do it. Um, and now, he, you know, scoring just one time, he's been good, not great. Like, But the touches overall, he's going to get 15, 16 touches a week. They're going to uh, sprinkle in DeAndre Washington. They're going to sprinkle in uh, Jalen Rashard. And overall, that's sort of scary. Or sort of scary. Yeah, uh, like you said, Richard had uh, had a nice touchdown last last week. So, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think I think you're right. You kind of called it with Lynch in the off season. Just like, what do you expect him to get? Twenty eight carries a game. It's not going to happen. Uh, and they're going to be using especially they're, early they're in the season. Cars arm a lot, I think. Especially early in the season. Now the thing is with Carr, he's thrown five touchdowns through two games. 
does he continue to throw it a lot towards the end zone? Because this whole Seattle, Seattle audible call to switch to a pass play probably isn't going to work anymore. But teams are sort of very much respecting Marshawn Lynch in the red zone, and he's had to throw that fade to Michael Crabtree. Um, So how do teams adjust that? Can they stop one or the other? Or do they have to sell out stock car and let Lynch get the guineas? That's going to be the ultimate test. I like it. I'm streaming. I wrote down my notes. I'm going to st- I'm going to play DF Fanball uh, this year. Not Fanball, FanDuel this year or uh, this weekend. I'm going to play a Jared Cook. I like it. I think that's a good play. Um, probably won't cost me too much either. Let's move on to the Redskins side of the ball. Um, as we talked about a little bit earlier, um, you've got uh, Kirk Cousins ranked uh, eighth. Uh, Carr one ahead of him, and Mariota one ahead of him at six. So, um, still, uh, what do you think uh, Cousins does against these, this Oakland defense? I mean, I'm still not scared for the Oakland defense, uh, despite you know some pretty strong numbers to start the season. It, it's really, you know, the teams you played so far. That, that, that's about it. Like. Are you worried about anybody on the Oakland defense? You've still allowed the seventh most fantasy points to opposing uh, quarterbacks. Um, you know, what else? I'm just not scared of them. And I think now Kirk Cousins in a primetime game, he's got to, this is the time to make your money and to scream you like that in front of all your fucking fans. Uh, so if you don't do it this week, how are you going to deserve a $100 million contract? You know, the Raiders' corners are, you know, not scary. So Terrell Pryor, Jamison Crowder, who's got, you know, what, four fantasy points on the year? Yeah, uh, I tweeted out today that, that uh, Laquan Treadwell's got, like, point one less fantasy points right now than Crowder. Is that because of that the hip flexor issue, or do you think it's just that, that it's just – a bad start to the season, and he's going to be fine. I think it's a bad start to the season. He'll be fine, but I do think it is a little bit to the hip flexor. Um, I think he's got to get back. Over, I mean... Here's here's the main question I got. We talked earlier, Jordan Reed, bruised chest, and he's already had a broken toe. That's that that's cause for um, concern. Uh, we've seen uh, we've seen a little bit of uh, I like like what I see uh, eye test with uh, Terrell Pryor, other than a couple drops, one big play that would have been changed this season. He'd probably be a top five wide receiver if he would caught it right now. But uh, in general, is this team is this as as the Redskins? And we saw it last week. You put you talked about the three guys that had great running games um, last week for this team. Um, you know, Kelly, uh, Washington, and Samaji Prime. Do you think that this team is gearing more to be more of a running team? And is that cap Cousins? Because the reason why Cousins has been awesome the last two years, it's been a fuck it and chuck it, no running game whatsoever. You know, every week it's it's all on Cousins' shoulder. Is that changing? Does Gruden realize to win games, he's gonna have to have a balanced stack? Or was that just one game last week? I mean, I think after they got off to such a hot start running the ball, keep keep it rolling. It's like. Oh, by the way, you know everything I do, right? Now I'm just going to run it down your throat 40 times. <laughs> when have you ever seen me do that? 
It's like that's a good point. It's like, hey, I'm just gonna come in this I'm other gonna hole. Do, I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna come in this other hole. You don't know what's happening. It's <laughs> a good point. Uh, so, I mean, Rob Kelly's got a broken rib, so it looks like he's gonna be out. Um, now, now's the time for Samaje P. Ryan to show up. But he looked like the least effective of those three backs last week. He, but he also may have spent extra time worrying about taking care of the football for fear of getting replaced. And when you bench guys with the short leash because they fumbled, then, you know, these guys play a little bit tentatively. Uh, So I want to see them with another week, and maybe a week is getting starter reps at running back with Chris Thompson as the third down back, change of pace back. He had a fucking huge week, but he still had just six touches. Um, he's, had, he's had a huge two weeks in a row. So, yeah, yeah, yeah he scored mostly. Because, um, so, my, my thoughts on that are P. Ryan should see 20-plus touches with, you know, Chris Thompson mixing in for 8 to 10 as usual, and then Kirk Cousins still having to throw it 35 to 40 times. Uh, I like Cousins a lot more when Reed is in the lineup. He's, he just plays so much better with Jordan Reed. Uh, Reed's again a guy that sucks those linebackers up, and then you can make that second-level throw to a Terrell Pryor running that dig route uh, to the post pattern um, from Jamison Crowder. But without Reed, do people fear Vernon Davis? Uh, I think Vernon Davis, if he were to get the call and Reed to be out, Vernon Davis would be a good play. Um, but yeah, I think P. Ryan's in, in line for a bump. We've got to see about the health status of you know Jordan Reed. I, the thing is, with Jordan Reed, is he going to be on that snap count again? Is he going to leave in the middle of the game with another injury? You've got you've got a lot to worry about. You got to worry about it on the front end and the back end. Like, uh, is is this going to be on snap counts? Because that maybe he plays twenty. Because we've seen that from them when they're trying to take care of Reed. Yeah. Um, and th- overall, that's a little bit scary. But for a rookie league, do you like P. Ryan over at Chris Carson this week? Chris Carson against the Titans. I'd probably go with Chris Carson. Okay. Um, yeah. So. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I think we hopefully we can see get a little bit clearer view of what the Redskins are really doing because that's a good point. I never really thought about him going uh, about Gruden going against his ex offensive coordinator McVay and him just saying, you know what, I'm gonna dial up. I'm gonna do opposite day on this guy, and it kind of maybe just changed everything for uh, week two on what, what what you would expect to see out of this. Uh, this Washington team, so excited to watch that. I am. I think that'll be a pretty fun game to watch. You got a, a lot of fantasy people, a lot of fantasy players on that Sunday night, uh, which is always a good time. Yeah, I mean Terrell Pryor. I think he's that dart throw wide receiver three. He's really got to start putting it together. We saw the target share sort of drop. Uh, Jamison Crowder just has to start getting healthy and playing better. I mean, but even he sort of fell back in line for snaps. And played behind Ryan Grant and, you know, played close to the snap count of fucking Josh Dotson. And Josh Dotson still hasn't been getting targeted. Like, let's use all these other players if we have them. We've got to see what we have from these guys. But the fact that they're playing and not getting targeted is concerning. 
Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't think Grant's a guy to go after. But I also think, you know, maybe this is where you have to dial up the passing game a little bit more. So I like Cousins to be back this week. Okay. Sweet. All right. Well, uh, I think if we're done there, we got our last game here. Um, Good. Nice. It's getting hot in here. Good. It's getting hot. Yeah, we got to turn this uh, this AC down. Um, all around, good stuff. I'm psyched. I'm psyched. Um, got another kind of a, a pretty good game, hopefully, uh, for Monday night, and that's going to be the Cowboys are going out to Arizona to play the Cardinals. Um, let's start with the Cowboys. You know, I, a lot of people I was talking on Twitter with a bunch of people last night. Uh, Dez is, uh, is, is is getting his targets so far in the first couple games, and he's had some tough matchups, so uh, it's that's a good sign for Dez owners because industry-wide, everyone would be like, oh, just watch out for Dez in these first five games, and then he'll be great. But he's still kind of uh, he's still kind of getting, not putting up big points, but getting at least the opportunities, um, I think, the, right the now. The thing is, he's, he's got 20 25 seconds. targets, but how many of those have been questionable? Because it's not very many. But the thing you're looking at is he is getting boatloads of red zone targets. Yeah. And usually he's one of the best at converting those. So far he's got just, what, one touchdown out of the five red zone targets he's got so far. Uh, I think that is a number that's going to come back. But now you've got him against Patrick Peterson probably. Probably. So another tough matchup. Shadowing. Getting shadowed by that guy's tough. Peterson can get bodied in the red zone. So we saw that from Marvin Jones a couple weeks ago. Uh I'm, I just start Dez every week because he's got that touchdown upside. And if you're going to continue to throw it to him, you know, 10 or 15 times a week, he's going to make some plays. He's not that vertical, vertical threat burner. We talked about how he only runs, you know, a certain couple numbers or routes. And, and that's the real concerning part. But... Opportunity matters, targets matter, and he's going to still see targets, even if he's covered by Patrick Peterson. Now we're looking at Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley looks like he's in line for another great matchup out of the slot. This is a week where I can see Cole Beasley get in the 6-7 to catch range. Uh, The Cardinals have allowed, I think, over 10 catches uh, a game in the first two games to opposing slot receivers. Uh, whoever they may be, um, out of the slot total. Uh, so I could see Cole Beasley being very involved. Uh, Terrence Williams is a 4 for 40, 5 for 50 yeah. type of guy who's never going to be real fantasy relevant. Uh, yeah, play Jason Witten. He, he's captain consistency. He's getting it done in the red zone. He's getting targeted in the red zone. He dropped a touchdown too in that last game. He should, which is un, never happened. So he should have another touchdown. Then he's already the uh, number one tight end right now in fantasy. And the Cardinals, uh, you know, they were tough against the tight end the year before this. They're tough, you know, pretty tough against the tight end now. But the year before that, they were one of the worst teams against the tight end. So they've been one of those up and down teams in terms of in terms of tight end coverage, and their defense sort of dictates that. Uh, but Jason Witten, we talked about all the crap at tight end right now, locked in. Like the guy's seeing targets, he's seeing the short catches, he's seeing red zone opportunities. Everything you want from your tight end, Jason Witten is providing it for you like an HS wonder. 
<laughs> he's, he's he's like an older Jack Doyle. Yeah, he just he just uh, he's tied right now with like uh, he's number four all time in, in uh, receptions. It's incredible. Yeah, um, he's just getting it done. There's nothing not to like about Jason Winton. Uh, Let's move over to the other side of the ball. No, Ezekiel. Oh, Ezekiel. He's, yeah, I mean, Ewok Elliott. I mean, you're starting him. Yeah, you're starting him, but he looked like a real sourpuss in the last game. Uh, he, Zach, he, was so, gonna, gonna, he was sort of. He's he's a loafer. I mean, when he's not getting the ball, he likes to not do anything. And yeah. he, he got handed by the coach, and everyone just had, and that interception. He just sat there and let let it go. He, like that's not acceptable. But is that? Do you think they just kind of make him happy this week and kind of go over the top with carries, or uh, does, do they kind of um, penalize him a little bit and say, you know what, you you want to play like a putz, then we're gonna not give you the ball as much. I mean. I think they still have to give him the ball. I mean, what other options? If they want to win games, you got to give Zeke the ball. Let's stop being dumb. Like, we need what's more important, my pride as a coach or me getting this W so I don't get fired? <laughs> like, it's, it's not that hard to figure out. But, you know, the Arizona Cardinals have been stout against opposing running backs. They allowed Amir Abdullah. Uh, you know, two yards per carry. They allowed Dwayne Washington under four yards a carry. Frank Gore rushed for 46 yards on 14 carries. Uh, Robert Turbin, three for 11. Marlon Mack, we talked about his negative uh, total on six carries. Uh, and they're not allowing a lot of receiving yards out of the backfield. Uh, so what can Zeke do? I mean, I, I think he's going to be good, but... Am I going to get one of those 120-yard, two-touchdown games out of Zeke? I don't think so. Plus, their offensive line just didn't play like to the level we've seen them mm-hmm. play in past seasons. Agreed. They need to get it going a little bit, and Zeke needs to get it going a little bit, and he needs to stop being aloof. <laughs> he is that being that. Um, all right, let's go to the uh, Cardinals side of the ball. Um, J.J. Nelson coming out party with John Brown down, J.J. Nelson out, and you know some of the stats and some of the stuff you look at. J.J. Nelson going back to last season, he's that he's been over the last five or six games their best receiver across the board. Um, and we know that Larry had a nice season last year. So, are you high on J.J. Nelson this week or moving forward for people, or was that just kind of a what are your thoughts on that guy? I mean, it all depends on the health of John Brown, but. Also, I mean, J.J. Nelson got six targets and scored a touchdown in week one. He's been over double-digit fantasy points uh, in each of the last two weeks. Going back to last season, uh, in the last uh, seven games, he has five double-digit fantasy points in standard leagues. In one of the games where he didn't get there, he had 9.8 fantasy points. In the other one, he had 75 receiving yards. The problem is, you know, Jaron Brown, you know, out-snapped him, out-targeted him, uh, and that's concerning. But I still think no matter how you slice it, J.J. Nelson will always sort of fall third on the target list. But he gets the shots. He's their best guy down the field right now. Larry Fitzgerald's not getting down there. Jaron Brown's never shown up uh, despite a boatload of targets. I mean, I don't think the guy's had more than 200 yards in a receiving, even in college. Hmm. So his overall impact, uh, 
you know, over the course of a season has been minimal despite all we talk about Jerron Brown and how he's playing so many snaps. John Brown, the question is, is he back healthy? Because if then, you know, J.J. Nelson is sort of a dark bro as usual. Um, John Brown, you know, maybe now that he's back at home, uh, is he available? That, that's the major question, right? Yeah. Um. Tight end position, I don't think Jermaine Gresham played a snap. So that that's concerning, but hey, you probably weren't owning him anyways. Um, Carson Palmer, everybody's saying he's cooked, he's done. He looks fine when given time. Yeah. The offensive line is in shambles though. Uh, they're losing. You know, I think they lost their entire left side. Really? So that that's that's trouble. But Dallas, I don't think it's a defense that scares you. They play that Tampa 2 style. They play that conservative style. It's like, hey, beat us on underneath throws. That means great thing for Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, overall, I don't love any of the running backs. It seems like it's a three-headed monster like we talked about. But Chris Johnson did get more and more and more involved as the game went on. And that's scary for Kerwin if you decided to pick him up. But Overall, right now we have to see one of those running backs establish themselves or else they're all just eating into each other. Well, yeah. Um, hell, we were able to do a show under three hours, Stag Party. We didn't drink any Valverde's on the show tonight. Um, I'm on detox after that night. We went out the other night. Good God. Uh, and then, uh, so it's kind of nice. But, you know, we're usually like, cracking some beers in the show, as you know. Uh, so it's good to be... Uh, Nice and soaps after one of these shows. I'll cut, cut it up, get it up. But um, thanks so much for listening to us. Check it out. If you got follow us on Facebook. We're always posting our stuff and having some fun there. Um, well, that's facebook.com forward slash pyromaniac. We're on Instagram, uh, which our handle there is at pyropedia. So check it out there. I'm trying to get better and better about trying to do something there every day. Um, but uh, check us out. Sometimes you'll see my dog. Sorry, she's cute. Uh, but I'm going to let Stag Party get going. Our music was Kanye West. Um, pretty sure that opener was ca- it's called Fade. And it's the outro music. We have No More Parties in L.A. These are both songs. We're off of The Life of Pablo. This one's got Kendrick Lamar on it. It's a good track. Well, anyways, thanks so much for listening to us tonight, guys. We really appreciate it. Hopefully we gave you the fantasy goo and the knowledge to help you guys win your fantasy league for the week. Let's do this. Thank you. in LA, please baby, no more parties in LA, uh, no more parties in LA, please baby, no more parties in LA, uh, no more, please, hey baby, you forget 
the Ray-Bans And my sheets still orange from the spray tan It was more than softball for the game, man She remember my sprint and said I was in the great fan Well, Judy, I like you, Rosie Booty Come here, come back to me Well, it's like a movie, hell You know my repertoire is like a wrestler I show you the ball, connect the dots And cut you out in the body But mama used to come wear things and rice Now with Diddy's form in the morning Spoil your appetite Liquor boring and niggas warm in your section With erection, smoking every direction Middle finger pedestrians, R&B singers and lesbians Rappers and managers, music and not full cameras This shit unanimous for you It's damaging for you, I think That pussy should only be holding this loose of rice to me I mean, he flew you in this motherfucker With first class Going out his way so you can check in the extra bag Now you wanna divide the game like you'd equate the math That shit don't add up You're making them mad as fuck She say she came out here to find the A-list rapper I said you spin around and say the alphabet back But she didn't with malpractice Don't kill a good nigga's kind for this Just cause he a man you don't know what a kind of is The hair's still good though The hair's still good though Baby say you love me Pink fur, got no redressing like Cam. Thank God for me. Lost and 
getting money. Thank God for E. I love rocking jewelry. A whole neck full. Bitches say he funny and disrespectful. I feel like Pablo when I work in my shoes. I feel like Pablo when I see me on the news. I feel like Pablo when I work in my house. Tell them parties in here. We don't need to go out. We need the turbo dots. Turbo dots, drop, 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 like Robocop. She brace herself and hold my stomach. Good dick could do that. She keep pushing me back. Good dick could do that. She push me back when the dick go too deep. This good dick could put your ass too clean. Big money, 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 money. Big money, money, money. And as far as real friends, tell all my cousins I love them. Even the one that stole the laptop, you dirty motherfucker. Please, baby, no more parties in LA. Uh, no more parties in LA. Please, baby, no more parties in LA. Uh. Let me tell you, I'm out here from my very far away. A chance to be a star, nowhere seems to be too far. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 